Hello podcast under the stairs this is your avid fan speaking. Only one show left with the Baz and then we can put this awfulness behind us for another year, possibly more. I respect the fact that you, Duncan, have ignored my many emails and only published the voicemails that help promote your fairly bland episodes. But the sands of time have almost dropped their last grain and my threats, as idle as you might think they are, are present and clear. When I am done I will expose your show for what it is. Extremely crass, painfully juvenile and over. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. Cereal, 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 cereal. This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is your 2020 series of Bazaween episode number four. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. The theme for this year's Bazaween is of course Let's Get Serial and we have been delving deep and darkly into the minds of some of the more interesting portrayals of serial killers in cinema. Now, this whole idea, this whole series is the brainchild of the man, the myth, the legend, the Baz. Hola, my extremely sexy, shockingly randy and moist bitches. Which would be which would be the the porn parody, the bass porn parody. Uh, yep, yep. Which I am in the process of producing as we speak. In in COVID lockdown, how's that going? It's 
it's a labour of love, Duncan. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Literally a labour of love. Literally a labour of love. Um, we have a a series of flashlights that are linked on the internet that we can control via apps on our phones. It's uh, it's been a bit hit and miss. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Everything was alright until that lawsuit came through where it ripped that guy's dick off. <laughs> I sneezed, I sneezed when I was controlling it, his cock come right off. Um, like a ring pull from a can. Uh, and that's a horrible, <laughs> horrible fucking image. Uh, yeah, so we are here on episode number four to continue the stellar work we're doing with another longer movie. Not as long as some of the ones we've covered thus far but this is just a ball here off the two hour mark um, yeah. we are doing and probably the most recent well it is the most recent in the series we're doing Extremely Wicked Shockingly Evil and Vile from 2019 Baz this is one of your choices what pray tell made you select this movie um, it was a movie that I'd had my eye on for a while um, I remember the talk of it when it came out, I can't remember if it was you or if it was my daughter mentioned it to me first mm-hmm. because it was the fact that it was Zac Efron that was going to be playing That's Bundy. Right. Yeah, 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 Obviously, it was a bit of a random choice initially. <laughs> then I think I got confused um, with this film and my friend Dammer mm-hmm. because they were both coming out at a similar kind of time they yep. both had a similar kind of idea in the way they, they approached the subject matter kind of mm-hmm. thing I have I have seen um, my friend Dammer that was on the UK TV a while ago and I managed to get it recorded and watched which was a film I thoroughly enjoyed and it kind of piqued my interest to go and see this one um, but then by that point I think you and I had started talking about Bazoween yeah. And when we settled on this, this was one of these ones. I think I've had a couple each year we've done it that I'm just really desperate to see, so I'll kind of shoehorn it into to Basoween. But obviously, this one was a nice, easy fit. Yeah, yeah. This one. I, I think this one was probably the first one on my list. Yeah, this one fits the brief 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if Zodiac's a movie we can bring in here because, you know, it's covering the. Kind of the, the effect in the background of, of what was going on with characters associated with you know the Zodiac investigation in the case of this one we are examining not necessarily the, in fact we'll get into it later on but not ex- necessarily the graphic details of of what uh, old Theodore got up to in his free time uh, but much rather you know the we're, we're picking off major major parts um, of his relationship which to be honest up until fairly recently was something that there was not a lot of details on so this is kind of this is the weird world we live in now where yeah, you know the bitch got a Netflix contract yeah and to be Boom. honest to be honest with you I would I would be exactly the same I think you could you could easily say that she did not cash in because the opportunity to do that was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting one for sure, and I'm very much looking forward to getting into this because and you can never you can never see this sort of thing and not come across as extremely creepy, shockingly creepy, 
and creepy. Um, <laughs> but like my favourite serial killer is Ted Bundy. Like, so like it does. It makes you feel like a prick. You know what I mean? Like as soon as you say my favourite and the word serial killer, you like you you've achieved full prick status. You've levelled up to full prick level. And um, but yes, he he's the one I find like the, of all of them. He's the one that I, I I feel myself most compelled to know everything about it, and they go into a huge amount of detail um, through the you know the interactions as with certain characters about the the very complex nature. I think Ted Bundy is the archetype template for how serial killers are portrayed on TV and in movies, like the idea of the. You know, the charming man next door, that's Ted Bundy. You know what I mean? It's like, he's, he's so good looking, I can't believe it. You know, that's Ted Bundy. You know, th- th- there are there are differences in that. There's plenty of ugly serial killers uh, portrayed in movies. But the, the general consent, he's the one that kind of really kind of staples at home. I think there's a... Yeah, they go into they go into weird details in this one that we'll, we'll get into. So I'm, I, I was very curious to check this out. I checked it when it came out. And... Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Critics did not. So <laughs> we'll maybe get into a bit of that at the end. Um because all of a sudden every critic became a psychopathologist. Um <laughs> I, you know, like we're like, well they, they didn't really get into the psyche of the man and like that. How do you know they didn't? <laughs> How do yeah. you know what the psych did you read the transcripts? No, you didn't. Fucking writer for variety, go and fuck yourself. And um, anyway, anyway, that aside, not defending Ted Bundy because that is a that is a fool's errand, Baz. It's a fool's errand. Love him. I, I do have a big old massive man crush on on the on the Ted Bundy. Um, I'm I'm interested to get into this one because once again we have kind of we've dosy doed so to speak around the the idea of since the Zodiac episode anyway into kind of fictional serial killers. Uh, even though the crimes are inspired by real life events and this is us now kind of swung almost full circle right back into where this is based on a real person um, and the events of that or atrocities that that real person kicked out so it's a, 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 a one could argue this episode might be bereft of humour um, <laughs> I don't know I don't know we'll find out we'll I find thought for a minute you were going to call it the circle of life it is kind of the circle of life. There you go. Um, just had to get that in my system. Uh, but yeah, so how are you getting on? I mean, we are, well, ostensibly after this one, epi- one episode away from kind of concluding your stint this year for Bazoween, obviously keeping it in the back of our means that we have a, <laughs> a train wreck of a commentary coming up but um, wow. h- h- how's things going? Eh, not bad eh, viral conjunctivitis aside um, I've managed to get shot at my lodger so my mum's left mm. <laughs> no my mum went home uh, yesterday so you can expect a lot of profanity in this episode roles <laughs> um, <laughs> were reversed on last week's episode where I think I was pissed recording that because yeah, it, you were you were drunk when you came on. Yeah, listening back to I can't remember most of anything that I said. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, that was that was a that was an eye opener. <laughs> so. uh, and then a complete reverse lab skunked half a bottle of Southern California's finest Van Rouge before uh, 
before coming on and I'm now having to have an extremely strong cup of coffee to try and keep myself awake. I think w- what we have decided is that if one of us is drinking, the other one has to be the designated podcaster. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Just, just, to keep us, just to keep us on the straight and narrow and make sure that everything doesn't become a, what did we talk about last night? Oh no, half of this podcast is to be scrapped. Yeah, it's, we need to redo this one. Yeah, yeah, because like, as you pointed out just before we, we started this episode, we have managed to buck the curse for the last three years, I think. Um, the curse of recording a Baz episode at Halloween, which yeah. stunted the first four years, there'd be yeah. an episode like, we'd have to re-record. Um, and let's let's pray it's not this one. Uh, yeah. Let's just I'm just praying it. I'm just praying it. Uh, you were telling me as well just before you come on that you are still uh, partaking in that Baz will try and watch some of these movies he's recorded on his. I his, like. Uh, I like I'm, I'm calling it the however many days of Halloween because <laughs> it won't be 31. I goddamn guarantee you that. Yeah, I, I've been kind of working through it. I'd, as and when I can, I have only actually watched one mm. off of my um, plan of uh, my, my skybox. <laughs> but I have in total, I've just started my seventh. So the one that I'm, I started watching uh, before this recording tonight was my seventh. Would you like to hear what they've been so far? Yes, please. So I opened up. Uh, with random acts of violence. Yep, we spoke about that briefly. On Shudder, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then knocked the first one off my planner, which was John Carpenter's The Fog. And what did you think of The Fog? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Nice. Um, you... Now, I have seen The Fog before. I've spoken about this on the show. I know I have. This was one I watched when I was a student. Mm-hmm. In my first student flat with my film fanatic flatmate, Goose. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, if you remember rightly, somebody came to the door during this film and I was literally uh, in that particular flat. My bedroom was the living room. It was, it was the common thing to do at that time. You would get, if there was three of you looking for a flat, you'd get a two-bedroom flat and one person would take the living room yeah. as their bedroom kind of thing. And that year, I was in the living room. So uh, we were watching this film on the telly. Um, I was in my bed kind of watching it. Goose was couch uh, and what a, a friend of ours who lived close by came to the door and I proper shat my pants <laughs> um, you've also it. you've also played the part of the the opening storyteller from the film yes. on an anniversary episode which is one of my favourite openers ever I would uh, I would love to hear that again I couldn't remember where it was I think it's, um, it's, it was one of the anniversaries so you just go back August the 31st. I think 2016 was the episode, 2016 right. or 2017. But yeah, it's one of my favourite openers yet. So. I do remember that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really, really enjoyed The Fog. I mm-hmm. thought, because I watched The Thing uh, at some point over the last year mm-hmm. um, because I had got the, the box set the Blu-ray box set of The Thing and then the, the remake slash reboot slash fucking follow-up, whatever it is, which I've still never watched. But uh, about a year back then, I watched The Thing again, and The Thing was a film I had seen quite a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I enjoyed it, it didn't kind of really live up to what I remembered it being mm-hmm. as a child. But I think probably because when I was a child, I hadn't really seen any horror films, and it was way out there and plus it was full of action and all that mm-hmm. uh, whereas this one 
I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it from start to finish. Really, really loved it. Um, I followed that up with Insidious because this is moving towards yes. I have Insidious the last key mm-hmm. on my um, Skybox. So playing to my own rules and I now need annoyingly I thought the last key was the third one I've since found out it's the fourth, the fourth one yeah right so oh, I've rewatched Insidious mm-hmm. and do you know Insidious was a film I really liked I always said and you agreed that it's a film of two halves yeah the second half is quite a lot weaker than the first half mm-hmm. on watching it a second time it had lost all of its impact for me. Oh, no. And and that was quite a while ago. I, I think I watched Insidious maybe second or third year of Baz V Horror. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was one of the first kind of Blu-ray discs I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was probably second year. Um, but I think it was just because I, I knew certain scenes were coming, you know. Um, and also I've watched a lot more horror and yeah it just didn't because the first time it proper scared the shit out of me that was the one my daughter asked me to stop that's right I remember that Yeah, we had to watch it over two days mm-hmm. um, I still enjoyed the film um, there's a lot I like in that movie um, so that was number three number four was the one we we're going to talk about tonight I'm classing that as one of them <laughs> that's fine you can do that um, <laughs> it's your list <laughs> and then yeah yeah <laughs> Then the fifth one was Insidious 2, mm-hmm. which he moved towards the last key. I, thankfully, I found out that Insidious 3 is in its entirety on YouTube. Shh, don't tell any cunt, <laughs> at least not until I've watched it, because I don't want to buy it and it's not able to stream anywhere. <laughs> so um, it's on YouTube, so I'm going to check it out there. Uh, and then I will get the last key knocked off my planner. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, fuck. The one I watched two nights ago, number six, was a poor choice. I should have known when my criteria for watching was, ooh, that one's only 42 minutes long. 42? Plus, plus, it was on Amazon Prime, and you know the history I have with some of the fucking films oh, on that no. streaming service. This is already a catastrophe. What, what, pray tell what 42 minute Amazon Prime, we're just going to dump it there because anyone can load anything to Amazon Prime movie did you watch? Uh, well, you, you need to wait and hear the third reason I picked it. Right. <laughs> the third reason I picked it was because of its name, which sounded a little bit like... Uh, Oh my god, what's it called? That that fucking October. Oh, the house is that October built? No, no. That god awful thing that we watched in my first year. It was a user's choice. Oh, August Underground. August Underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this film's called The August Club. Oh, I've never heard of this. No. <laughs> it's mostly children. Alright. In the cast. Okay. It's set in Newcastle. Alright. Uh, the protagonist in it is wearing a rubber mask. Not mm-hmm. like a serial killer rubber mask. Mm-hmm. Like a, oh, look at me, I'm a scary vampire rubber mask. <laughs> it was off. Tragically, it's not the worst horror film I've watched. Mm-hmm. But it was very bad. 
Uh, 42 minutes, I'm never getting back. It was so bad, I didn't manage to watch it all in one go, and it was only 42 <laughs> minutes. So, take from that what you will. But I'm including it, that's number six. Mm. <laughs> uh, and number seven, which I've only started tonight, and I'm about 45 minutes in, which was the one that I dropped the bomb on you, is uh, Dario Argento's Inferno. Oh. 1980 never tasted so good, but it's never Which tasted. Which is so uh, the only one of his three mothers trilogy that I have not seen, mm-hmm. having done both Tenebrae and Suspiria. Although Tenebrae techni- technically isn't the third, but we'll let you off. Fuck my swollen hole. What is the third one then? <laughs> we spoke about you listen to fucking nothing I tell you. Like, if it doesn't involve That's me talking true. about nipples. At the time, I listen to it a lot. I'm just drunk most of the time and then can't remember it. It's a subtle but important difference, Duncan. But so, yeah, so originally he did he did Suspiria and then he did Inferno um, and his, his criteria for the three mothers meant that the third one should be Mater Tenebranum, which, when he announced the title Tenebrae, everyone assumed was going to be the third one, but he then made a jalo just called Tenebrae um, because he's Argento and he can do whatever the fuck he wants. And then it basically remained an unfinished trilogy until 2007, 2006, when he did the movie The Three Mothers, which is the third one. What so. a fucking bellend. I'm not watching that just on principle. And I am got, I'm claiming I've seen all three of them. I don't fucking care. <laughs> do not care. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one because everyone expected, because he was doing them pretty much back to back as well. So he did um, he did Suspiria '77, he did uh, Inferno '1980, and Tenebrae '82. So everyone expect everyone was like that. Oh, this is the third part of it, and then he just did a Jalo, and I would argue one of his best. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know, I, and I don't know why it took so long to do it as well he had plenty of opportunity but I just decided to go off and do loads of other things and then you know 20 years later 20 plus years later come back and do the third movie which has a whole hell of a lot of hate for on the internet but I am a out and out apologist for that movie I think there's a whole fucking hell of a lot of great things in it but most people consider it dog shit compared to <laughs> the, the craft and, and it is a bit is a colossal change in craft from Suspiria and Inferno so yeah if you ever get around to it I, I, I will be interested to hear your thoughts because um, it might actually because of the fact that it's less like the other two movies it might work a whole lot better for you yeah possibly mm-hmm. possibly you're getting there then could be the Friday the 13th remake all over again could be could be although you were wrong on that and thanks for bringing that up again um, yeah. uh, there's quite a lot of films popping up left right and centre actually um, mm-hmm. which I'd like to get into this however many days of Halloween I'm doing mm-hmm. Baskin has appeared on Amazon Prime <laughs> which uh, is a film I've wanted to see for a while I also believe Possum has popped up somewhere. It has indeed. It's Shudder, I think, is putting Possum out. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to take my hat off to the UK Shudder. It finally appears to be getting its shit together. Yeah, I've spoken about this on like two different shows recently about 
like from an American point of view, Shudder's been been doing the good work for quite a while. Um, but in the UK, it, it felt like for the longest time it was just a kind of a dumping ground for you know movies that had kind of already lapsed their streaming distribution. Yeah. You know, like movies that kind of left Netflix and then oh, they've made their way to Shudder, and Shudder was obviously making a lot of noise about it as if they'd acquired some holy grail that no one had ever seen before. And I think the big move recently has been through their acquisitions. So they've uh, actually been acquiring movies on the festival circuit along with the likes of a Netflix or an Amazon. So picking up movies there, and I think this year in particular, um, not only did they hit their 1 million subscribers finally, which I know was a goal for quite a while, um, but I think they put out some really, really, really interesting content this year. They put out a lot of shite as well, but yeah. the fact that I'm, I've watched at least three screeners in the last month where at the very beginning the Shudder logos popped up, so that's where that's going, and I think that's they're doing the right thing. They're acquiring new... I mean, they're still putting the older stuff out, but they're acquiring new voices or new films... Um, directly on their platform and they're doing it in a smart way as well so yeah. at least two of the movies that I saw at Glasgow Fright Fest are finally making their way to show well one of them's out already by the time we're recording uh, and the second one will be out by the time this episode drops yeah. um, but in the the cleansing hour which is a ton of fun you're going to have a ball with that one yeah um, I'm to that one in the Mortuary Collection, which I have went on record, I think the Mortuary Collection is maybe the best anthology I've seen in 20 plus years. It's the only anthology I can think of in recent memory where every single short, and it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a real... It's a, it, the director, Ryan Spindell, for that movie, really went out of his way to craft like something that feels like a lot of money was spent on it and not a lot of money was spent on it. It looks like all the it looks like a proper studio horror movie. And yeah. most of it like he shot it over like space a year, I think he said. He had to construct all the sets and and get it. So he he is just one director doing all the, the individual stories and it works really fucking well. I'm looking forward to also dropping as well because I in the, the classic fashion of Fright Fest, um, it gets like the Glasgow Fright Fest, which might never happen again the way we're going now. Um, the, the room is so fucking warm. I mean, it's disgustingly, overbearingly warm in there that the, the ongoing kind of joke is that, because I'll go with the Scott and Liam guys, we all like at one point in the movie go, right, I need air. You go out, you buy a beer or something you go and get like two three minutes of fresh air generally when it looks like nothing exciting is happening on the screen you know like, i can jump out for two minutes i'll come back and get and i i jumped out and i come back and liam basically tapped me on the shoulder and said i'd missed one of the greatest practical effects involving an exploding dick um that i'd ever he'd ever seen and I have been itching to fucking see this, so I can't. I finally get to see a man's cock explode um, in a, a truly graphic way, and that is the sort of thing that will make me want to watch a movie, Baz. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I had come to realise about the UK Shudder as well was I think there was more on there than I gave them credit for because I had seen a lot of the ones that were on it. Yeah. Um, Big Bad Wolves is an example. That's been on there for ages and it's a fantastic film, but you had hooked me up with that quite a long time ago. We did that on a show. We did indeed, yeah. We did a review Um, of that way back in the day. And there's there's quite a few like that that maybe a more mainstream horror fan 
won't have seen. Mm-hmm. And they are genuinely good and they're there. I was discounting a lot of these things because I had seen them and I'm going, there's fucking nothing on here for me to watch. But thankfully that has changed yeah. quite a lot, particularly recently. So that's, that's it. The, the way I kind of looked at it was I was lucky if every once, every three months, I watched a movie on Shudder. I yeah. now watch about two movies a month on Shudder. So mm-hmm. that to me is a, a step in the right direction. I don't pay a huge amount of money for Shudder. It is not a, an expensive streaming site compared to Netflix or Amazon Prime or, yeah, yeah. or fucking Disney Plus or God knows what else we have in this house. Um, I, you know, it's not a, a huge expenditure. I don't mind it because it's supporting something horror related, but... You know, the fact that I'm now getting my two movies a month that I've not seen before and I'm watching them on Shudder, that more than, in my opinion, pays for the cost of my membership. So I'm I'm happy with that. You know, I can, I, you know I'm, I'm happy. And like I say, because I know oh, there's a ton of stuff coming um, from from Shudder that I've recently seen and, you know, doing reviews on and stuff. I'm excited because I know there's plenty of things coming out that people will get a chance to watch that are really worth your time like really 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 good horror movies so yeah I mean I think they did the right thing they, they stuck to a formula and they built up a, a fan base first and then went into acquisitions if they had went into acquisitions early on with not a lot of money I think the fact that they started off with acquiring a lot of time and tested and true horror movies as your grounding you know what I mean? Even though they've been seen a million times, gets you people in the door first, and then you can build over it. I think if they'd just been spending all their cash right at the start, bringing in everything, then I, I think the quality might have dipped um, yeah. early on. So fair, fair play to them. I, I'm. I mean, it's. I mean, at this stage now, I've been paying it since it's since it started three years. Three, four, four years—I don't know. Um, I know you've been—you weren't far behind me, so I, I got it a few months, a bit, th- maybe three, four months after you did. Yeah. I think um, the one thing I think I am considering doing is ending the membership and then taking it out as an Amazon yeah. add-on subscription, just because I—I'm fine if I'm watching it on my iPad or something, but if I want to watch it on my telly, I'm then having to put it on my phone. Mm-hmm. and cast it in my Chromecast or it's just a fucking volley there's yeah. a lot at the Amazon app and that on my TV so I'm thinking I'm maybe going that way with it uh, just for convenience sake I but I don't I don't see me giving it up and mm-hmm. I I would have given it up the other year but it auto-renewed yep. um, before I realised um, but I don't feel the urge to give it up now I'm, I'm quite happy with what I'm getting for the money as you say it's not the dearest one so no but no and it's one of the to this day it surprises me that they're really the only established dedicated horror streaming site yeah, I would have thought yeah. there would have been more, and there's been a few that have come out that are more niche um, but nothing nothing on the level of Shudder so uh, it is worth also saying as a small disclaimer here Shudder have not paid us to say anything um, I know that Shudder oh, sometimes do podcast adverts or like sponsorships we've not been we just are very excited to be seeing something that we have willed to get better for years now finally become the thing that we kind of wanted it to become so absolutely absolutely and if Shudder do want to sponsor us then that's cool too <laughs> yeah. After, well yeah at this stage with, with our back catalogue Baz I think no I don't I, you know I think if Hitler had a you know like a product to sell he probably wouldn't sponsor podcast under yeah. the stairs because um, we Ed said Bundy might 
Ted Bundy Michael well that's what you call a fucking segue oh Jesus Christ just out of nowhere just <laughs> fucking dropping bombs uh, yeah we are going to be talking Ted Bundy after this break you're going to hear promos for shows that we love you're going to hear another song picked by the Baz I will tell you right now Baz I have been loving the tunage <laughs> however dunk is my calling you had made a joke to me on whatsapp about High School Musical if you choose that I will hate the tunage <laughs> just uh, letting you know just letting you know have faith brother have faith <laughs> you're going to hear the trailer for Extremely Wicked Shockingly Evil and Vile from 2019 when we return we'll be discussing that movie right after this hey feeling down feeling low not enough podcasts about movies in your life why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation. We have Italian horror. We have zombies. We have slashers. We have crime films. We have spaghetti westerns. We even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts... Lee Russell, Daniel Harper... Paul Romali and the odd guest host Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening.
Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you have been witness to the unspeakable horrors of the defendant's heinous crimes. You have seen ghastly injuries, smashed in faces, broken jaws. Will the defendant please rise? For years, I've carried this guilt that I'm to blame for everything. <laughs> if only I hadn't trusted you. I promise you'll never leave me this. It's about another missing girl, isn't it? Ted, did you do it? No. We've got a very disturbed, sick individual. You'll be the first nationally televised trial in history. You look nice, partner. I'm disguised as an attorney today. I get very scared, but, you know, he's also really dreamy. There are things you don't know that will shock you beyond your worst nightmares. It's all a lie. It is a capital murder case, and you are skating on thin ice. This is about catching a monster. I wish I could take it all back. What about me? I love you. Get out! The killings were extremely wicked. Shockingly evil. Vile. Did you do these things, Ted? This is all gonna end. It's only gonna end with the truth. Welcome back ladies and gents, you've just heard the trailer for Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile from 2019. This is the fourth stop of five planned episodes. Let's get serial, I think that's what we called it and I love the idea, it's all about serial killers. Baz picked the movies, minus one from last week, which he has made sure everyone on the internet knows was not his choice. Um, Thanks for that. Uh, that was me. Uh, this one is based on the book The Phantom Prince, My Life with Ted Bundy, written by Elizabeth Kendall, um, and is directed by Joe Berlinger. Ich bin ein Berlinger. So, there we go. It's probably Berlinger, but okay, whatever. The, I have no idea, but I, I just had... You ruined my JFK there. I, I, you know, I'm a stickler for the grammar, though, don't Back into the and left, you know, you know how much, how much your mispronunciations of people's names wind me up. I, I do, I do know that, so strap yourselves in. Uh, right, the, the, the movie stars Lily Collins, Zac Efron, Angela Safiron, Sidney Vollmer... <laughs> Uh, Macy Carmosino, uh, Ava Inman, Morgan Pyle, Ava, Jay- Ava Inman, Ava, Ava <laughs> Inman, uh, Ava Inman. <laughs> what have you got, Ava Inman? Uh, Morgan, P- <laughs> Morgan Pyle, <laughs> James Hetfield, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Telica bring you heaven, baby. Uh, Richard K. Jones, Justin Inman, Gracie Victoria Cox, Alan B. Jones. See, it does this in order. And that Gracie means that, Victoria what? Uh, Cox. 
COX. Uh, there we go. Uh, Jeffrey Donovan. I'm going to push through because there are some bigger names in here that we probably want to talk about specifically. Haley Joe Losman, the weird, pole faced, fucking crazy weirdo. Um, he really is. He's got a face that just doesn't look right. Um, really, really, really doesn't look right. Uh, the director himself makes these small cameo. Uh, but Jim Parsons is in here. That's right. Sheldon, uh, John Malkovich, uh, the list goes on and on. The synopsis for this one is listed on IMDb as a chronicle of the crimes of Ted Bundy from the perspective of Liz, his longtime girlfriend who refused to believe the truth about him for years. Although the movie would tell you at some point that that may not be true. Um, so <laughs> maybe undoes that synopsis. Uh, now, I saw this. I didn't see this when it first came out. Um, it'd been a couple of months after uh, where all the buzz was going around. I actually watched the Ted Bundy tapes. I think was the name of Netflix the Netflix doc. Yeah, which um, yeah. the director was actually involved with as well. So he was he kind of did that for Netflix, and like you see, all everyone all of a sudden, weirdly, but Bundy became like super in vogue again, which is strange. Um, but yes, yeah, so I I watched it like after that, and. As we've said before, I'm well versed in the in, in the story of Ted Bundy and the ins and outs, and I was like you, Buzz, uh, originally a bit perplexed with the announcement that Mr. Zac Efron, he of High School Musical fame, was going to don the the persona of Ted Bundy, and without giving away too much, I think he's fucking brilliant. Um, I really, really, really do. And this to me, and this might upset some people, this to me is the sort of thing where, see if this character wasn't a serial killer and, I don't know, he was a fucking musician and Zac Efron had played exactly the same part, he would have got an Oscar nomination. But I think the Academy's like, oh, we can't give him it because he's a serial killer. Um, although I'm shitting myself on the foot here because Charlize Theron did, um, what's Monster. her face? Yeah, Monster, and she got an Oscar. Uh, but she wore lots of makeup, and I think it was in makeup. Um, you know what they're like. You know what they're like at the academy. Fucking academy. Uh, so yeah, I, I checked out. I was interested when it landed for your pick because, like a couple of these movies thus far, Baz, uh, this isn't the one that springs to mind when I think of serial killer horror movies. Uh, however, however, as we stated right at the start when we did Zodiac. It's really about serial killers. We're just doing it on a horror podcast. Um, I'm interested to hear your take on this. So this is to me is that like if I was thinking of movies to buy you, Baz, this is something that would would spring to mind pretty quick if I didn't think you owned it because mm-hmm. of the time period, the attention to detail, and the fact that like myself, you like a little bit of a biopic. So. Um, yeah. Go for it. What, what did you make of the long title, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile? A terrible title. Point, <laughs> fucking point one. Obviously, I'm aware of why mm. it's called that. But um, yeah, like I'd said earlier, um, this was, I think, probably my first choice on my list. Mm. Um, it was a film I had wanted to see for quite a while. Um, I didn't realise it was made in conjunction with Sky. The, you know, the TV broadcasters in this country. Yeah, it got exclusivity. Um, yeah. Over there, I think it was exclusive to Netflix in the States, but Sky in the UK, which is a weird partnership. But this is the world we live in now, Baz. 
Yeah, because I was um, I bought the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. which is what I watched, um, and it's got Sky Cinema plastered all yeah, over it. In the thing. UK, you can't see it anywhere else unless you own it. Yeah, uh, or Sky Cinema. If you if you've got a Sky subscription, you, that's how our big buddy, the big sexy Scott, saw it before all of us because he has Sky. He pays for Sky Television. Yeah, well, see, I have Sky Television as well, but I don't have the movies anymore. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I gave up on that. Um, anyway, Ted Bundy, um, probably of all of the kind of, with the possible exception of maybe Jack the Ripper, mm-hmm. uh, Bundy's probably the one serial killer that I'm, I'm most, I don't want to say know most about, I'm most familiar with. He's your favourite. I think it's safe Prime. to say that, Baz. Like, no judgement will come your way at all. It is a safe <laughs> space, this podcast, Baz, is a safe room to say uh, that I'm my favourite serial killer. <laughs> I'm more of a BTK man. <laughs> that uh, that strangle wank scene in Mindhunter yep. sealed the deal for me. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. No, my knowledge of Bundy though, primarily, um, I had listened to the last last podcast on the left, and they're mm. very good series on him. Uh, and that was round about the time as well that I watched the Ted Bundy tapes, which are an excellent doc. Mm-hmm. Um, on Netflix in this country, which also made me more familiar with the content of this film, because as you yep. say, it's a lot to do with his relationships, uh, his personality, and the sort of latter stages of his life, if you like. Mm-hmm. And in that respect, I, I was thinking about this after I'd watched it the first time, and it's kind of interesting to see the way serial killer films are going these days, um, mm-hmm. because of the one, you know, so we, we did Zodiac, mm-hmm. there's very little actual murdering in Zodiac, mm-hmm. although there is more than there is in this movie. Yes, oh yes, definitely. My friend Dammer, uh there's none at all. Yeah, it's all set uh, you, before, you isn't see, it? Yeah, yeah, the, the final scene is him stopping to pick up the first person that he abducts uh, at the side of the road. Do you know what I mean? So it appears that filmmakers, they're they're taking a more kind of abstract view of it now Hmm. and looking into, you know, maybe the person's personality or an odd period in their life rather than the obvious picking wee guys up and stabbing them with fuck kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, so that that was interesting as well. Um, it's also like a per, a perspective thing as well. It's like all three of the movies you've mentioned there, in, including this one, are all from books from people that were directly involved with or knew the killer. So my my friend Dahmer, it was a kid that went to school with Jeff Dahmer, um, that did his you know his. his kind of storybooks and all the rest like but was his best friend in the case of this movie it's someone that was in a relationship with Ted Bundy so it's her perspective around that and in the Zodiac it's from the perspective of someone who had a very clear vision of who he thought was responsible for the case so it's not like you know like if the director here Joe Berenger, or whatever we're calling him, uh, had decided to just write a script to make a movie about Ted Bundy. I think you would have had the movie that this isn't. 
Yeah, maybe yeah. the one that focused yeah. on all the death and murder and mayhem, of which there is a you know there is a Bundy movie out there. Skip it; it's not good. Uh, and there was a whole spate of these in the two thousands. Um, I remember like there was the Ed Gein one. Yeah, there was, was a Gein one, a Bundy one back then as well. Um, uh, but most of them, most of them are on my old friend fucking Amazon. <laughs> Uh, I've not checked any of them yet. I take it are, are they worth avoiding? And I mean, if you want the if you want the murders and a very 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 fucking caricatured, sensationalized, monstrous pick, which has no real grounding, like like is, they, they they give you a clip in the is one of my favorite things in the last podcast series on. Uh, Bundy is they give the whole dialogue of him like he's got one of the girls trapped in the woods I think it is and he's like you know know, this is a court of Ted and I'm going to be governor I'm going to be governor there's no way to know if he fucking said that because the woman he said it to fucking died Um, you know what I mean so it's that sort of thing where we're we're just imparting the most menacing things ever to Ted Bundy is already a fucking monster you know what I mean? I, I don't need those scenes. I think that's the, the smart play in here is the guy is like, when you see that list of names at the end of this movie, that is fucking chilling. That's more chilling uh-huh. than any any other thing done in this movie because the movie predicates itself, and we're going to get into it, on showing the, the side that Ted Bundy carefully crafted to make the world think of yes. what it is and then those names flash up at the end and that to me is horrific so, yeah, mm. I don't need to see a fucking a drop of blood hit the ground that sends like ice icy fingers down my fucking spine so yeah I think I think you're right to be honest if you're a filmmaker nowadays isn't that the more interesting story though the more interesting oh, story is trying to crack the nut of why someone would do this as opposed mm. to well, look at all the bur- uh, all the bodies I was going to say all the birdies <laughs> look at all the birdies um, <laughs> look at all the, the bodies he left and um, as we're saying as well Joe uh, Berlinger Berlinger whatever we're calling him um, Berlinger Berlinger um, Joe Berlinger um, is a director more notably known for doing documentaries. We teased this on the previous recording. He's only ever done one other feature movie, and that was The Blair Witch 2, uh, which was fucking savaged by the studio. Uh, and we, we're, we're still, those of us that have a passing interest, are craving um, his cut of Blair Witch 2, which we spoke about on the summer series recently I mean you could say that he was given the role because it was about dead teens in the woods and he'd worked extensively on the Paradise Lost series on the West Memphis 3 so you know maybe maybe giving them up maybe the film studio wanted something more in the lines of that and he didn't want to do that but he's done a ton of true crime docs I mean this guy is that's his bread and butter his documentaries so I think it's quite interesting that his second feature movie is this and it is in part like a biopic kind of feel. Yeah. You know, it's like a reconstructed biopic. So, I mean, it's interesting that they would pick him to that. But this guy's festooned with awards um, out with us for documentaries alone. He's got fucking shitloads. So, uh, say pair of hands and someone that you feel isn't going to... He's no Michael Mann or Michael Bay. You know, he's yes. not going to fucking blow this up to epic proportions. And I think that's maybe where a lot of the criticism for the movie appears to come from, is he plays oh. it kind of... He plays it kind of real. <laughs> People yeah, are like, yeah. no, give us the monster! And he's like, well, here. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is what he's like. Baz, I'm, I'm talking a lot. This is a, a Bundy thing. You need to stop me now. Tell me to shut the fuck up and, and, and carry on or we'll be here forever. 
I'm, uh, I'm going to bring it right down, down. I'm just going to drag this intelligent conversation right down to the gutter and say that this film kicks off with a quite hot wee bird. <laughs> She's in, in a prison to visit somebody to which her beauty pales in comparison oh, yeah. because she is there to see the classically stunning Zachy Efron. So dreamy. So dreamy. Yeah, yeah. He is delighted to see her. Her not so much. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it turns out that this, this girl is Liz. So this is the girl who had a relationship with... Mm. Uh, with Bundy throughout most of his actual kind of killing spree, uh, for want of a better term, and for a number of years after it, mm-hmm. um, and she is the one who's the focus of that uh, Bundy tapes documentary that you've mentioned as well. Yeah, yeah. We then jump back to Seattle, nineteen sixty-nine. Um, the wee hot bird that we now know as Liz uh, is in a student bar. Um, it's revealed that she is a single mum. Mm-hmm. Um, her pal is kind of taking her out to try and meet somebody she's wanting to. She's obviously separated from the, her kid's father um, and is looking to get back on the. I want to say dick. I know you want. I can see it in your face. I'm, I'm going to say dating scene, but y'all, y'all know that's not what I'm thinking. <laughs> She's uh, she jumped back in the hobby horse. <laughs> and I tell you what, she walked into the right fucking bar because young Zachy Efron's giving her the glad eye mm. from the end of the bar. Um, he uh, th- these first couple of scenes are kind of interspersed, so it jumps between this jail visit, which we will later find on is very near the end of Bundy's life. Yeah. Um, and it flicks between that and this first meeting of Bundy and Liz uh, in the bar. Um, he plays <laughs> he plays a song on the Dukey, which for anybody not from the fucking west coast of Scotland is a jukebox. And for anybody who's not as old as me, was a machine that you could put money in and pick a song when I was young. <laughs> it was like a it was like a, a kind of steampunk iPod. Class. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It was like a coin-operated Spotify, <laughs> but with only about two hundred songs on it. Um, they have a bit of a dance. They then go home to Bone. Um, at our front door, shit gets real awkward. Uh, I mean, I'm lost in his eyes. It has to be said, I wouldn't have been awkward, but that's, that's just me and Zach. Star, star cross lovers. Um, I would. I'd fuck the guy. I'm not even. I'm not even gay. I'd let him go in my mouth. <laughs> You're a weird. That, that noise you can hear is Richard Walsh fucking beating the head off it. At the thought of me filating Zach Efron. You know what I'm saying, Richard. Patrick. Patrick, sort of. No, Richard. You've got dick on the brain. You've got dick on the brain, man, honestly. I really do. I don't want to know what you're... Richard Walsh was a guy from my school. I don't want to know what you and... All I know is I got dragged into some Facebook thing inadvertently 
where he he'd like I've met Patrick, he's a bloody nice bloke, but all of a sudden he was giving me the daggers for trying to steal his man. Yes. EU. Yes, me. Yeah. I'm having an illicit homosexual transatlantic affair yep. with young Patrick. Mm. Whose name I have forgotten and he's never gonna fucking forgive me for that. I'm never gonna hear the end of this. God damn it! But what people don't know is, see, before he said it, he winked because he's trying to play it off as if he'd forgotten. I know <laughs> your game, Baz. <laughs> well, what's his name again? Is it Richard? Oh. That guy. <laughs> um, right, back at the front door. Shit's getting real awkward. The babysitter interrupts them. That is kind of awkward. Um. She's like, do you want to go now? But Big Zacky Boy's like, well, why do I want to leave? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, uh, no, I'm not going to make that joke. I'm just going to make a terrible joke of a single mother's there. I'm not going to do You're it. a bad man. I'm a terrible man. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I just just misread my next line of notes terribly. But thankfully, I've, I've kind of altered my focus with my glasses. I've had too much red wine. That's the problem here. The next line is she tucks the kid. <laughs> she tucks the kid in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does not. Oh, fuck. Basically, they, oh. Bo- they, they both go into the house. She goes through, check her kid. She tucks the kid in. And then I've written, and then she gets on the good D. <laughs> but they actually just fall asleep. They cuddle. Um, they do, they cuddle and they drift off into a peaceful slumber. Mm. She would not have been able to sleep a wink had it been I for me just sex pesting her. <laughs> poking her in the back. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, she wakes up in a bit of a panic because he's gone uh, and so is her child. Yeah, which I mean... <laughs> yeah, which and realistically in later years, <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? That's not a pleasant memory. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out, Big Zach's a good guy because he's just in the kitchen cooking her breakfast. How'd you like your eggs, hen? Unfertilised. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> and he's got the kid in there with him and he's just, like, he's made the kid breakfast and stuff like that and he's, he's entertaining. Him. Has a man looked taller in a woman's apron? Well, me, but other than that, no. <laughs> Photos are it didn't happen, Baz. Um, <laughs> that's the rule. That is the rule. Um, there is a rather kind of cliched image of him, however, right enough as he goes over to give her a wee peck in the cheek and he's holding like a bread knife. Yes. Like a big kind of carving knife. Mm-hmm. That just felt a bit clumsy, to be honest. That annoyed me a little bit, that mm. scene. It's only very brief, but I was laughing. There was no need for that. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we then get a little kind of montage, a home movie, domestic bliss type thing, which is interspersed with news reports of a spate of killings across the... I think we're well, up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I think, Pacific Northwest, yeah, yeah. Um, there is mention of the lakeside abductions and the VW bug. Now, this is a very kind of... The, the documentary focused a lot on this. This is the Lake Sammamish abductions where two girls are taken. Yeah, where he basically walked around like most of the day, like 
clearly With a cast on his arm. Yeah, but he was witnessed by loads of people because he tried this trick on loads of people. So he just he kept... wanted to help lift a boat on his car. He just kept doing it until he got someone. Which, if you're a killer, you know what I mean, trying to be anonymous. Yeah. You don't like after you've asked maybe one or two people, you give up. But he just kept going to the next beach. Oh yeah, you just, he just kept doing it. So like, there like, was tons of witnesses, yeah. and he tried this trick many, 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 many times, and he even actually gave away his name as Ted. So which is the which oh, is the thing they don't they don't touch on in here. But like he would he referred to himself as Ted, which once again, I mean. The, the fucking on this the bottle once again I don't not glamorising or anything like that favourite serial killer ever <laughs> favourite so. um, yeah and it's actually it's that what happens at least some damage in the description of him so it ties in very much to events that take place later on yeah which then come to fruition towards the end of the film. Mm-hmm. But it's a very famous kind of uh, part of the story, which is glossed over in like a three-second news report that you get yeah. at this. Um, we then see him getting pulled over and arrested by Big Jimmy Hetfield from Metallica. That didn't even sound like Hetfield, my one yours was quite good. I don't know who the fuck I thought I was. <laughs> um, he tries to blag his way out of this, but no avail, because James Hetfield is a man of the law. He is a man of the law and apparently the booze, but we'll not get on Yeah, that. yeah. Oh, can't we all? We've all got flaws. He's human. He's human. He's, he's not that. a demigod. He likes to think he is. Yeah, but he's, but he's not. In the highest-selling metal band of all time, seven. I know, and in fairness, this one is so far behind them; it's unbelievable. Yeah, but in fairness, if I'd had to work fucking Lars Ulrich for the past thirty years, I'd be a fucking alky as well. And I would also say he's earned. And like the the thought of being in close proximity to Lars Ulrich, I'd want it. I'd want millions for that. So I think he's earned every fucking penny. So. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> stop shooting fucking polar bears, the James. Nobody likes you for doing that, do you know what I mean? That recent quotes resurfaced where one of my favourite one of my favourite quotes of all time. Uh, when he was asked uh, Is Lars the best drummer in the world? Yeah, and he was like Matt Lars isn't the best drummer in Metallica. Anyway, in a in a change of career. Uh, Big Hetfield takes him back to the station, then dumps out his rape kit on the table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> do you have to carry it everywhere with you? Badly so. Yeah. Uh, and he then starts questioning them about uh, some very specific locations. Mm. Uh, he's then uh, Ted's then picked out a lineup, uh, and he ends up in court and. His lawyer gets him out on bail, um, but obviously he's to return for the, the, the court hearings. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's a uh, lawyer played by Jeffrey Donovan. Yeah. What is going on here, Jeffrey Donovan? I don't Blair know Witch 2? Is he in Blair Witch 2? He's he? the main fucking dude in Blair Witch 2. I've seen it once oh, about 118 years ago. Shut your whore mouth. 
<laughs> Fucking, how dare you? And also, Hetfield's in this because he, he shot a Metallica documentary. And also, Metallica helped um, score, they gave one of their songs to Paradise Lost. So, like, what we're saying is, Big Joe here has friends and he likes to use them. Fair play. Fair yeah. play. I can't believe you forgot about Jeffrey. Jeffrey Donovan is Blair Witch 2, man. I honestly, I can't remember very much about Blair Witch 2. A lot of people would say that's the best way to be, except me, Blas. I, I didn't, I, no, I, I didn't hate it. It's, I can see why a lot of people don't like it, but then I didn't have a, a history with Blair Witch mm. previous to it, so it didn't bug me as much, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've written here, back home, his woman lays hands on him. <laughs> Slaps him right across the pus. Well, I mean, if you've been picked up by the... The pole yeah, pole. Um, and she she's seen his arrest. It's plastered all over the newspapers. Yeah, she ain't very happy. That mug shot though. Oof. I'd have banged it. <laughs> um, and then, then what I've written here, and this is my one of my abiding feelings about this film. That's not to say I don't like the film, mm-hmm. but um, all of this takes place in the first ten minutes. Yep. Of what is, as you've said, nearly a two-hour film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and this is the point where Ted has now done most of his killing. I don't think all of it, but nope. most of it. No, nope. yeah, but this... And it's this arrest, mm. this this stop by the traffic cop mm-hmm. that basically leads into the series of court cases that give law enforcement across the various states somebody to look at and somebody to pursue which ultimately leads to his downfall. Yeah, so and this we've is... we got there in 10 minutes. So, yes, yeah, so this is the, like... So what we're, what we're doing here is, like, the majority of the movie, like, easily 90% of the movie, is Ted Bundy incarcerated and looking back behind things. But they do yes. they do cover the... Through this time period, these two escapes, which, once yes. again, favourite serial killer. Um, yeah. Escaped fucking twice. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. just once. Fucking... Twice, and the second one is some Shawshank Redemption shit, right? Yeah, it really is, man. If ever those, honestly, it really is. And the first one is some Keystone Cops shit. Yeah, the, he trains his ankle not to break when he jumps out a window. He trains. Listen to that. He train. He strengthens his ankle, like I mean, just the the. Oh my. Anyway, yeah, like he, yeah, like yeah. I think I like to be honest, like see. The first time I watched this, when we glossed over very quickly the the late murders, which you are right, are probably the is that one in the the fraternity, the sorority, the sorority house. house. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, those are these two like most known crimes. But the fact we flew right over that one, I remember when I was watching the first time, going right, this is not the movie I think it's going to be. And I knew mm. like ten minutes into it, and at that point I was like, right, I'm going to settle back and check it out for what it is but if you're expecting what I imagine a lot of people are expecting from this movie me included when I first sat down to watch it uh, this movie is not that movie yeah and I mean I've written here the pacing is fucking bonkers (laughs) but as you say that is in your first viewing of it yeah Um, when you are familiar with this film and what this film turns out to be Mm -hmm. It's less so. Nope. Although, interestingly, my notes were written in my second pass of it, so it is, it is still a bit... It's jarring. It's just funny to think that the guy is essentially caught 
for all intents and purposes, ten minutes into a two-hour film. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, what I mean. Yeah, I, I think the only other thing I could think of, and I don't, I don't know how the chronology works out in terms of time. If you imagine that this is based, well, it is it's based on the book of the woman that he met? He'd already committed quite a few. I think he'd committed quite a few murders before he met her. Yes. So if we were using that as a starting point, some of those crimes have already happened. Yeah. Although the late ones happened when he was with her. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird thing. Like Every time I feel like I can defend a certain action, there's plenty of evidence here to the contrary. So Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, he has come home. She's seen him plastered over the papers. She scalped him. Talks his way out yeah. Uh, they're at a diner mm-hmm. uh, with her daughter. They're having a meal, and that um, he then tells her that he's going to have to go and pull an all all nighter at the law library uh, mm-hmm. to prepare for his trial. Um, so he is essentially. I don't think this that this is like in a pre-trial thing. So he's not really defending himself, but he needs to be able to put forward stuff. And another thing that almost gets skated over here is he's a law student or he's studying to, studying to be a lawyer at this point in time Yeah, um, which wasn't I don't think that was his he had done other things I think I'm right in saying yes. and then kind of decided that he was going to go and study and be a lawyer he studied I think you want to say he studied psychology as well like to make him this is the th- one again <laughs> like not only not only like he clearly is like, and we, we get to at the end with the wildly inappropriate uh, yeah like <laughs> judge statement yeah the which, judge come on mate which happened and that's the thing that's fucking wildly yeah, inappropriate yeah. I, did it, like, that's one of those things that we don't glamorise for the film um, but he, he studied, I'm sure he studied psychology and then studied law and had worked in like a Salvation Army, like... like no, was it not a Samaritan's type Samaritan, thing? That's it, Samaritan's like, like that. phone line or something like that. Yeah, so all yeah. these things which on, on paper, Baz, um, give him the ability to pass himself off as completely fucking a normal and adjusted yeah yeah which once the, the the wherewithal to know that you you have to do that to pass off like most of these guys don't do that shit yeah they yeah, just yeah. don't speak to their neighbours so he's quiet he kept himself to himself mm. this guy was loved yeah yeah for the most totally. part totally by you apparently favourite um, serial killer Baz <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> favourite right that doesn't mean that I at any point condone anything that he was a fucking horrible guy and hopefully is burning in the hell that I don't believe exists right hopefully he's burning for all eternity however favourite anyway back at the <laughs> diner um, yeah so he's going to go to the library to do this all night and to prepare for his trial um, he's maintaining to Liz that he's being set up mm-hmm. and that this is the cops are trying to pin this on him um, and he tells her that somebody has given his name to the cops, which is why they've gone after him, kind of thing, uh, which will come back to haunt basically every cunt in this film. Yes. <laughs> it uh, feels like a throwaway line at first, but. At the library. At the library, he's given uh, some potential victims, the old glad eye. Uh, he's, like he's like that hypnotic snake in the jungle book, isn't he? 
You know, my gusset was damp just fucking watching it on the thing. <laughs> my gusset was damp. Um, watching it on the telly, do you know what I mean? God knows those poor women. They must have been soaking. Jesus um, fucking Christ. <laughs> but then one of them recognises him from the newspaper article. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's removed by a security guard, uh, which he does not like at all. Um and this isn't until proven guilty, Baz. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to... Uh, Yikes. There's, there's facets of his uh, personality that I'll talk about towards the end of this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's then this kind of little weird bit because Liz finds him... She, they're in bed, but she finds him. He's under the covers reading um, like notes by torch-like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And again, this will come back into the film later on, which is why I'd mentioned it here. That's uh, what you would do back then if you were wanting to have a cheeky wank in the bed. Yeah. A torch and yeah, a scuddy yeah. mag underneath the covers. Woo-hoo. Whereas uh, nowadays I do that just to make sure I've got the right hole. <laughs> 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 you, only make, you only make that mistake. Seven or eight times. <laughs> Before you learn a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> I did not think we'd have an anal sex joke here. No, I know. Oh. Listen, we, we are going to have to... Oh record a little segment later on for pasting in before this because Stuart fucking Goldie who's one of our listeners mm-hmm. and also my mate yep. has, has taken to letting his wife one of my wife's best friends listen to bits of me on this fucking show yep. so she can't hear that whole bit there right <laughs> I promise you right now that I will not edit it out no I know you don't you never do you leave me out to dry your prick <laughs> Anyway, moving on. I'll, I'll forget I've said it by the end of it. Of course I'm on to this, uh, the Singha beer now. Oh, I'm mixing yeah. the grain and the grape, Duncan. This is only going to end one way. Remember when you said you were having a coffee? Which is me fingering my own arse. <laughs> <laughs> on a couch. Yeah, hey! hopefully, hopefully you don't need a torch to find that, Baz. Um, no, but I'll probably need about three fucking horns. <laughs> right. Um... <laughs> Sky Lake County Courthouse, 1976. The bold Baz would have been three years old at this point. Heady days. First starting messing about with wee birds and stuff. Great times, great times. Uh, big, Big Z is talking to his lawyer. Uh, about why they're looking at him, basically, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and in the court, a woman is testifying. Um, so she has been victim of an attack, uh, or at least an attempted abdu- abduction. I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. who this woman is in the grand scheme of things, but obviously it's one of his victims. Uh, she's asked to um, identify the man that attacked her, and she points straight at Ted. Uh, poor Liz is sitting in the gallery here kind of watching all of this mm-hmm. um, however his lawyer then goes on to get her to admit that during the lineup, which we'd seen earlier that she wasn't 
really that sure about him. Oh yeah, he, um, he, he picks her apart. <laughs> like he fucking yeah, tears so up this just, victim for arse paper. <laughs> he then uh, she then has to go and admit that basically the cops had primed her on the make of the car mm-hmm. and all this. The defense team are just smug as fuck at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's something that the the last podcast on the left doing their series where they basically said that had he not tried to do the old escape escape thing um, off the back of this there was a very 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 good chance that even if he had been convicted fully um, that he would have been released on a retrial right because because the, the evidence was so not like the end but the evidence oh. here is so fucking flimsy yeah, uh, you yeah. shoot peas through it it's that thin that yeah. there was a very good chance but ain't Ted style man Ain't Ted style. Um, During a break in the court proceedings, Ted and Liz go looking for a dog to buy. Uh, Which, uh, it's obviously, he he has a supreme belief in his own abilities and obviously not his own innocence because he knows what he did, but the, the projection of his own innocence kind of thing. Um, he also has but, like a, 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 a distinct view of the sort of life he thinks his partners will want. I don't think yeah. it's the life he wants, but in, in, in every instance when he's selling this dream, and it is the same dream, uh, regardless mm. who his partner is, it always involves a small house somewhere with a family. Down by a lake or yeah, a river. Yeah, and a family and a dog. And yeah. it always always has that. And it, to, to me, it's such a weird... It's the sort of thing... It's the sort of detail that... Like, when I hear... Like, when you, you see him project it, it's like... That's, that's what his... Like, in his head, the only way he can connect security for a woman is that yeah, is there also not a big part of it? It's what you were saying though as well. It's like he he's smart enough to know that he needs to have things like that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes. To you know, reflect deflect away from mm-hmm. the things that he's doing. No, yeah. I can possibly do that. I'm a smashing guy. Like I've got a dog and everything. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Like cares for animals. You know, mm-hmm. has a family. All the rest. Because you remember back then, even the term serial killer is is if it is there it is very fresh yeah. and they don't know anything about torturing animals and all, all the all the other various bits and bobs that come along with it yeah, but yeah, it just yeah. it struck me that this is the this is the dream this is the part of the mask the part of the the idea as Patrick Bateman would say there's an idea of a Patrick Bateman uh, there's an idea of a Ted Bundy and that idea of a Ted Bundy Bundy is a woman who is infatuated with him that he probably doesn't care for um, because he has sold them on this dream of security and uh, the, the woman that like in the case of this one she is solely fucking uh, there's one thing we didn't touch on she's completely reliant on him yes you know like she is completely reliant on him and that is there's an air of control in there whether I don't know if that is meticulously planned from his perspective or like you see what happens when when shit goes south for him and the effect that it has on Liz, because yeah, that's how works. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, not necessarily in this film. Yeah, although although to an extent, 
yes, it uh, is in this film, but more when uh, knowing some of the backstory. There are a few things in it that chimed a little too hard with me, to be mm. honest. And one is this uh, desperate need by a single mother to find somebody else yeah. to kind of share this burden and I won't find anybody else. And, and I've seen this at various times in my life with different people and stuff like that. And yeah. it's very easy to see from the outside. Mm-hmm. But must be almost impossible to see when you're in it kind of thing yeah you know yeah um, yeah but very interesting all the same um, where are oh yeah sorry they're looking for the dog uh, they then bump into an old work colleague uh, of Ted's called Carol Ann mm-hmm. who I don't I thought I recognised her but it was my daughter that pointed out she played the character of Effie in that fucking kind of millennial teen thing, Skins. Is Did that you ever see that? Yeah, that's Effie from Skins. Fuck's sake. Yeah, so I'm in, the first, Skins. In, the, in the first couple of seasons, she was a wee bit part because she played the younger sister. Yep, yep. To yep. Nicholas Holt's character. Mm-hmm. And then when that group of characters moved on out the series, remember they used to kind of evolve the casts and Skins? That's right, yeah, yeah. And in the third and fourth seasons, I think it was, she became one of the primary characters. That's who plays Carol Ann. Ah, right. Kaboom. Eh? Mine fucking balloon. Boom. Yeah, they bump into her. Uh, she's all very friendly and that. Liz gets the fucking hump where... Um, it's just all that passive-aggressive. Yeah, nice seeing you. Bye. Uh, and off they go. And you see... I actually only caught this in my second watch if you watch as they walk away Ted and Liz are talking they're walking towards the camera mm-hmm. Caroline is heading away so she's kind of in the far distance but she stops and turns round and basically watches them yep. for quite a bit as they go up the thing they then see a dog that they like and it sees Ted and it goes fucking nuts because dogs can smell serial killers it goes nuts until Ted basically steps and then it fucking crumbles itself. Yeah, pretty much. They're supposed. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard. I've heard many rumors that you know dogs can. I've tried that on on my pug, and my pug still shits everywhere and fucking barks when I tell him not to. And I've tried the old Ted Bundy steer, and it doesn't work. Buzz. It doesn't work. It does not work. Um. Back in the court, uh, the judge finds Ted guilty of aggravated kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is his first conviction, I think, for anything. Yep. Uh, 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 yeah. Um, but th- this then leads into a kind of series of trials, if you like. Uh, so he gets found guilty of this. So the next uh, kind of place marker we get is Utah State Prison, March 71. Uh he is strip searched. Aye, aye. Uh, yeah. That'd take me a good 45 minutes. <laughs> Just what we thought of. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'd have, I'd have used two hands. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Cheeky wee prostate wank. He'd have gone into that cell smiling. Um... <laughs> 
I'm where I come up with this shit. I've, I've never had one homosexual encounter in my entire life, and yet I say things like this. Yeah, you, 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 you explain in graphic detail how it might play it. I know. I can almost smell it. I, <laughs> I would say that psychologists would say that you have a very healthy and active mind for sex. <laughs> well, I think you just called me a swinger, didn't you? <laughs> um, if if the cock sock fits, Buzz, if the cock sock yeah. fits, um, yeah. That's why Duncan hides all the fruit bowls when I come into the house. Yeah, he's not allowed to bring his car yeah. keys in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just leave them in the car, you menace. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't care if it gets stolen, we'll buy you a new one. Um... <laughs> I'd rather that than you brought them in here. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you get strip searched, but then see him kind of getting marched through the cell blocks to his cell. He's absolutely shitting himself in this scene, which is interesting to see mm-hmm. because you very rarely see any fear in him at all. But he is—he's uh, he's very the, scared at this. He's point. not the alpha. Yeah, point, totally, which I think totally. I think shows his power is because his power is over women. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, and now he's like that, that guy that shoulder barges about what's past is about fucking nine foot tall. Yeah. And and built like a brick shit house. So yeah, I'd be the same. Oh god. Uh, wear me, um, he's gonna wear me as a cock sock. You know what I mean? That's like literally <laughs> don't want to be there. So <laughs> uh, wear me as a flesh <laughs> Fletchlight. Oh, gee, why do I keep getting words wrong tonight? Words and names. <laughs> Don't drink the half bottle of wine before the recording, Baz. During and after. During, it. during and after, always. Uh, he's on the phone to Liz. He's still protesting his innocence to her at this point, uh, and she's standing by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cops call Liz at her work. Um, it's a detective from Colorado mm-hmm. who is also looking at Ted for something else, uh, like for another, like for open cases that he's got. Basically, um, he visits Ted in jail essentially just to bam him up, which I'm not sure they're allowed to do. But <laughs> okay, um, and there, there's a scene when Liz is on the phone at her desk, and there's a photo on her desk. Mm-hmm. And it, you actually see the real photo uh, in the sort of credit scenes at the very end. But it's a very iconic one of uh, Bundy and Liz sitting on like the floor in their apartment, and he's got these bright red. He looks like fucking Mark out of Mark and Mindy. He's wearing those bright red suspenders. Yes, oh. braces. Suspenders. There are braces in this sexy country. Sexy suspenders. Oh. <laughs> Kinky sexy suspenders. You just wow. Ping them off his nipples, Baz. That's what you want. Oh, <laughs> oh, easy. They're a, they're a good inch and a half and width. Those ones. I mean, that 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 black in your nipples. No, he's, he's almost he's almost wearing Sean Connery's outfit from Zardoz. They're that fucking thick. Those <laughs> <laughs> big fucking thick bastards. Yeah, it's it, it's a recreation of the and it is it's one of the more iconic photos of Ted Bundy. Maybe that and him doing the yeah. whole shouty thing in the court. Totally, totally. Which I was really wanting a proper reenactment of in this movie, which they don't give us. Talking to Sean Connery and Zadok, have you seen the, the picture of one of the lassies from the Witchfinger podcast dressed up as that? I did see it as maybe one of the best things on the internet. 
it's, it's so I would still bang her. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird, man. It's got tash and everything in it. Um, yeah, but I thought that was I quite like that. That you know, that there are. It probably comes from his documentary making. There are points of real attention to detail mm-hmm. in this film. Um, a lot of which will skate by all but the most ardent of kind of fans. For why, a better why are you staring at me when you said that? <laughs> staring and pointing. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the sort of the credit scenes at the end mm-hmm. uh, will bring a lot of home to roost kind of thing. Um, yeah, his lawyer um, walks out on him at this point. Uh, he do you think his to... lawyer knows? Well, this scene is played like his lawyer knows. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, the, a bit that I omitted there, when, when this detective goes to visit him uh, in prison, he asks Ted specifically if he had ever been to Colorado, which is where the detective's from. And Ted denies ever being in Colorado. The lawyer then comes to see him and he's like, did you tell a fucking detective that you'd never been to Colorado type thing? And, you know, it's that Ted obviously realises back to a corner. So, oh, well, you know, I, I said it, but of course I've been to Colorado. Everybody's been to Colorado, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it's like, well, I can't represent you in Colorado. Um, I'll give you a couple of names. I'm not licensed to practice there. He fucks off and leaves them. Hmm. Yeah, it's certainly played like he is at least deeply suspicious of the fact that he lied about it. Uh, yeah, he says he says that there's a pattern. The pattern is that similar deaths to similar, like, looking women, and it just so happens that it all involves, like, this, you know, a VW bug, the person was driving a VW bug, very similar to the one that you have, that you happen to be in the area that you lied about, and, you know, it, it, there's just something about it that rings... Rings that you know this guy probably is like I've done everything I can do for you here, and to be honest with you, because there's I mean there's one thing he's obviously going to go away and do his court case there, but we never really get the the indication of it, if he's going to have a retrial or you know like if he's going to yeah. appeal his decision or anything there of which that lawyer would represent him there that lawyer's just gone he's like yeah. see you later I'm going to a horror convention where I'm going to chat about how amazing I was in Blair Witch do. Which bands can't remember. About a minute and a moss minute. Um, basically, Ted's been extradited to Colorado because of this lie. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that was enough for the detective to get a kind of I don't know, a subpoena or whatever it is that they get or an arrest warrant for him. Uh, Colorado, nineteen seventy-seven. Uh, Liz is uh, hitting the vodka at this point in time. <laughs> Yep. Uh, which is a certain irony because she's also taken to dressing like a Russian peasant woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that didn't get by me. Um, Ted calls her. Um, he's convinced the, the the judge to allow him to be co-counsel because mm-hmm. he's basically convinced that he's a lawyer by this point. Um, he's, he's very excited about this uh she, on the other hand, is literally depressed as fuck. Um, he starts babbling on about the book Papillon. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to think that this parallels his... Or he wants her to believe that this parallels his story. Yeah. Rather. Um, because I think... 
I've never read Papillon, but I, I believe it's about an innocent man sent to prison. Yeah. Who spends his entire life trying to get out, kind of thing. Um, he's told that they are basically at the first kind of arraignment hearing or whatever. Um, he's told that this is going to trial and there is then talk that they were going to try and look for the death penalty. Um, which scares the shit out of him because I don't think he saw that coming at that point. Yeah. <clears throat> scares um, the shit out of me because I don't believe in it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, we see him eyeing up an open window in the courthouse. <laughs> uh, we then see these scenes in the the prison where you see him jumping off his top bunk in the cell. And usually this was to try and strengthen his ankles here. He I remember his my laces. daughter actually. Yeah, he adjusts his laces here to give him maximum, you know, support on it. This is what I mean, Baz. This guy's the fucking MVP. Yeah. I, my first watch of this film, I actually, I should have mentioned this earlier on, I watched this not only with my daughter, but my wife as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife quite likes stuff like this. Well, she's not into horror films. She liked, like, Mindhunter and all of those kind of, uh, serial killery type thing so she was quite interested in this film because there's a big lack of gore in it yep. um, she was fine watching this kind of thing um, but I remember my daughter specifically picked up on this bit uh, with the ankles um, mm-hmm. she was able to recount like, how many times he used to do this per day and all this and it was, it was something absolutely ridiculous Yeah, He's, he, he committed himself to once again like the Sets himself. It's fucking strange. He just sets himself. This is what I need to do to get out. So he yeah. just does it. I mean, it's the the fucking focus and willpower is ridiculous because yeah. he visualizes himself. And to be honest with you, I think you kind of have to put yourself in that mindset in order for it to work. I think if you have any hesitation or doubt at all, you will get caught. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he also grows a beard at this point, which is all part of his grand plan. Mm. Um, he then he appears in a TV interview uh, he's just sort of courting the publicity at this point in time uh, but this is also to get his bearded face on the television yep. um, this TV interview is quite famous as well mm-hmm. and we get the, the actual recording of this at the end mm-hmm. to show just how how accurate Efron's portrayal was at this point kind of thing. good Yes, uh, I will not hear a word said against him in mm-hmm. this film. Um, I really won't. I'll talk about it at the end. But yeah, he's he's very good. Um, so there's that TV interview. So then, just prior, immediately prior to this trial, he then shaves the beard off. Um, the thinking being here that the local people have seen it on the news. They'll have seen him with the beard. He's now shaved off. Nobody out with the court will have seen him like that so when he makes his escape yeah he's a different guy it's probably worth stressing as well this is before te- televised court hearings yeah so no one knows o- only just the Duncan only eh? just only I just, know uh huh um during the break uh, in the proceedings he goes to call Liz uh <laughs> The, You're going to make guard, fun of the guard here. The guard in the court gets distracted by <laughs> gets distracted by some serial killer fan tail. 
Who are you right now? Some 1950s pulp noir novelist. I've uh, I've mixed the grain and the grape, mate. I'm fucked. I'm basically hallucinating. I don't think I even wrote that. I think I'm just seeing it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, regardless, Ted jumps out a window and limps off. Um, Some of the the scenes here are quite comical. Uh, There's a bit when the guard realises that he's gone. (laughs) Just goes high-tailing it through the fucking town, Mm -hmm. trying to find him. Uh, but it's it's all to have no avail because uh, Dead has disguised himself as John Rambo <laughs> and he's basically now sauntering around the town smiling at the local Quinn well, and, I, and I have actually written yeah. that <laughs> with well, well, a sexy like bandana tie he's rambled right up it is two steps away from the, the neckerchief worn by the camp councillor in Friday the 13th I'm going to go back to my John Rambo analogy. I know you're trying to skip by it and find something better, but you won't. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he gets caught six days later. Yeah. Um, you don't find out anything about where he was or what he was doing in that intervening time. You see him running out of town, basically, um, and then you find he was caught six days later. Uh, Liz goes to see him in jail. He gives her his copy of Papignon. Yep. In this hugely romantic gesture. Still tries to tell um, her he's innocent. <laughs> Which, at this point... <laughs> yeah, totally. She then, cause she then goes on to tell him at this point that his, his, his appeal in Utah has been kicked out and basically he's going down for 15 years now. Yeah. So regardless of what happens where he is now in Colorado, yeah. he's got 15 years to serve in Utah. Um... Yeah, and as you say, he's still trying to convince her that he is in control of this situation. Mm-hmm. Not even necessarily that he's innocent, but that he is in control of the situation. Everything will be all right. I've got this kind of thing. Uh, she does not believe him, and she bends his ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then he's, he's all told that we can concoct another escape plan, and I've written here, this time it's a bit more Shawshank. Oh man, this is like if, if like anyone is not aware of this. I mean, they they do a little bit of the detail in this movie, but if anyone is not aware of this, might be one of the most spectacular prison escapes in real life of like one of the most dangerous men that's ever fucking lived. Like in terms of what he had to do and 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 losing the weight, I think he dropped like sixty pounds. Um, see none um, of that is in no the film. You, you see, you see a bit of him where he looks a bit thinner, but right. it's it's condensed right down. So like he did this like over like months, um, but they condense it down really really quick to get to the next chapter in Ted Bundy's Story life. Kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, yeah. they go like if you were wanting to make the sensationalized version of this movie, in fact, not even sensationalized. If you wanted to make the horrific version of this movie, um. You set it all in Florida because his worst fucking crimes are in Florida in terms uh. of just like the mania. Like they even gloss over, gloss over the mention like his final his final killing in Florida is a twelve year old girl who he rapes uh, and then brutally fucking murders. Um, and that, that's after the sorority house, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's he didn't get caught after the sorority house. He got caught. Um, he kidnapped a girl, murdered her. 
uh, raped her and then was caught by a police officer. Memory says he was caught by a police officer sleeping in his car. So yeah. in this one, you see him struggle with a police officer, uh, punch him in the gut and all the rest. I, yeah. Memory serves it doesn't happen in a town. It happens out near a field uh, and he runs away and the police officer basically shoots around him and then says, you know, if you don't, you don't stop running away, you know, I th- or yeah, does he shoot him like? Yeah, so it's like something like I shoot can't the, the ins and outs. Although he is wearing a maybe he does shoot him in the leg. I, right, the only reason I'm yeah, saying that is he's wearing a, a leg. In the film is wearing a leg brace, which is not explained, and it's not real either because when they show you the footage at the end, he's not wearing a leg brace. Um, so, like, he walks out fine, but I thought he did get shot in the leg. I may just be one of those things where I'm filling in details or they've made, but they they skip all this because once again that's not the the bit that either the book which I've not read and to be honest I really should read now uh, maybe the book doesn't go into because she wouldn't have been around that it would have been mm. her telling of what she would have seen on TV and stuff but the yeah he loses a fucking shitload of weight cuts a hole in the fucking ceiling and then under the cover of night. It gets even worse, like the stuff they skip over here. He, he climbed out the room, he got into the, I, I want to say it was the warden's fucking chambers, changed his clothes and walked out the jail. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, Baz, like, see, if I was a screenwriter and I wrote that, the studio would tell me, it's a bit cliche and it's a bit far-fetched. Yeah, yeah. He fucking did it. Mm-hmm. Nuts, mm-hmm. nuts. But yeah, we, we don't get any of that. We just see him crawling out a hole and then... Yeah, you basically see him kind of cutting away around the air vent in the roof of his cell mm-hmm. um, and then essentially escaping into the air ducts. Um, the Colorado detective visits Liz, I think, to make her aware of this. Yeah. Uh, but he also gives her a file on Ted, which she doesn't read at that point in time. Um, at her work uh, Liz has been pursued by a chubby guy who used to see dead people uh, she drove Zac Efron drove this woman to a pinch faced love he's oh, I, I, I why don't, do you hate Ailey Joe Osmond so much I didn't really like the, the thing is right <laughs> it's twofold right the first reason is I never liked him in The Sixth Sense. Like, I, and everyone shits a load about his performance in The Sixth Sense. It's okay. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> to me, the remark, to me, the remarkable thing about that movie is Bruce Willis is actually acting in it, <laughs> which is the rarity in cinema. Like, Bruce Willis is like genuinely acting his fucking socks off in that movie. Not doing that wry Bruce Willis smile that he does and everything else when he can't be fucked, right? Um, and he knows I've made five million for standing here, not giving a fuck, right? So he's okay in that. And then I just remember everyone like losing their shit over him as an actor. And then he showed up in Tusk, and Tusk can go and fuck itself. Um, I like Tusk. He's shite in Tusk. He's shite. He's not. He's not Tusk. He plays the same role as he plays here. He basically plays me. He plays the same role. He plays he, me he plays, to your walrus guy. He plays the same role as he does in this movie. 
Someone that picks off a wounded and vulnerable woman when her man disappears. That is literally... So he's, he is playing the role of creep, which I think he's best suited for. Sometimes typecasted roles fit. Or is he a genius? <laughs> he was in a... What do you call it? He was in a... I want to say he was in an episode of one of the new seasons of The X-Files. And he was actually alright in it. Um, I, I've just never been I, I just remember the, the hype train about him it was weird he was going to be the next big thing he um, was in Silicon Valley yeah I, I never really watched that oh such a good show such no, a good show I mean it was on the list you've told me he's on it it's now off the list fuck it fuck you <laughs> fuck you he's, he's quite good he's very funny in it actually I'm sure he is is he, is he by any chance oh I can hear myself that's okay, I just kicked my jack out again. Did it last show as well. That's this year's Curse of Bazoween. Is um, my headphone jacket. Is, um, is he by any chance hitting on a woman who's been tragically dumped by someone Because I, th- I get the feeling he probably is, Baz. No, he, he does, but he plays a sniveling wee shit, actually. Yeah, I hate him. I, I don't hate him. I don't hate him, and I don't know why I'm... I, I don't have a like I, I don't think I think that's the thing whenever he just appears on something my eyes roll he's not the weirdest bit of casting in this movie uh, by any stretch of the imagination there's a couple of coming up that I think are fucking borderline genius casting like mm. like when I see it I'm just like I, why and yes yes always yes and from now and evermore yes but yeah she kicks and the thing is this guy's a fabricated character he didn't exist, oh, in, didn't exist in real life, so they've created a part for freaking. He's an amalgamation of, I think, three people from the book. Right, yeah, so, see. Fuck him. Made up. Made up a part, right? He couldn't even be a real person. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why I'm so hot. I don't care. But fuck him. Okay, well, we're going to move on to Haley Joel Osment. Um, two, two, two weeks later, Big Ted. He's doing in Florida party and trying to fuck students. Of course he is. I he salute you, Ted Bundy. I salute you, sir. I'm sure he was in... I'm sure Zac Efron has been in some sort of summertime, kids gone wild, spring break movie where he shags a lot of college girls as well, so... Was he not in the Baywatch remake? Probably, I think. Is that probably, what you're thinking of? Yeah, he was probably doing checks on the beach. Um, probably. So... Um, we're getting some news reports of the attacks at the Kai Omega sorority house, which yep. is the bad one. What we have referred to previously, um, and which was probably, I suppose, the most brutal. Oh, aye. Of all of it, yep. uh, just because of the sort of brazenness uh, and the volume of the attacks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, and then this again goes back to what you were talking about. So Ted then gets pulled over again by a cop. Although this one has no discernible background in thrash metal at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ted gives him a punch. Yep. Says, you should have learned to play the guitar. And runs <laughs> off. Um, <laughs> Ted cuts... <laughs> you sold out and load and cut your hair. Bang. That's okay. it. Fuck you. <laughs> what the fuck was Lulu all about, you prick? Oh, don't, man. We were talking about that recently. And I still never listened to it. Still oh, never listened to it. It's one of the worst things that's ever existed. My point was on the, the, old, uh, the old Metal Epidemic podcast was that I think 
I think Metallica decided to do it because they really liked Lou Reed and then when they were doing the recording I think they realised it was shit and they didn't have the heart to tell him but they were like it's alright the producer will make this right and the producer listened to it and he was like this is fucking shit there's nothing I can do it's alright the label won't put it out and then the label listened to it and were like maybe Metallica really like it Uh, I mean it's some shit but it might sell some copies and then it got released and I think no one's regardless what Hetfield says about it being one of his favourite albums that's a fucking lie Um, I think no one involved with that project really has either listened to or likes it. See, Big Sexy Davy Hardcore made me listen to Saint Anger. That's a great album. And I got to about the third song before I told him to go and fuck himself and took it out. Oh, it's a bit, it's maybe their best album. <laughs> I'm going to put that down to just the fact that you're an idiot because you're young, right? And, and you t- you don't actually remember Metallica when they were good. Me and Dave have an unhealthy love for Saint Anger. I yeah, don't get. I shite, don't get the hate. Love I is unhealthy. Don't get the hate for it. It's not because it sounds terrible. I love this. That snare drum all day, every day. I love That's that shit. <laughs> this is not a Metallica podcast, Baz. And Hetfield is in this movie for like three minutes. So let's not spend, let's not spend any more time talking about Hetfield and his amazing oh, vocals. Okay. I don't know. Okay, but Metallica died from Cliff Burton did. That's all I'm saying. Oh shit. <laughs> um Ted calls Lisbeth Florida, he's been arrested. Um penis was probably still wet from all the student plunge. He's, he's giving her the, the heads up that she's about to hear some things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically was it's going to go real bad when it breaks, you know, <laughs> thing, which it does. The new county sheriff guy, however, is fucking mental yep. and is just absolutely determined to electrocute him to death. Well, we are in Florida. We are. And also, this does set up the fact that, you know, once again, don't want to, I never want to side with Ted Bundy, but Ted Bundy makes this guy out to be a complete fucking muppet, <laughs> like in the, the press thing, which really did happen. Like, like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically got him to march him out in front of the press. Uh, you know, but you, you're right. He's like, he, he's, it's like the scene in The Big Lebowski. There's like that. I hate your jerk off name. I hate your jerk off face. And I hate you, jerk off. Uh, when he's like, basically, he's like, look at the shark on the wall. And he tears up the shark right in front of him and basically tells him he is going to fry Baz. And that, oh. is a, that is a fucking Florida promise. Yeah. Take that to the bank. Florida is the most demented state in the union and this is a union that includes like Mississippi and well, Alabama and places like that well Florida is the, the there's that ongoing joke I think there's that it's either a book or a TV show or something which is called a Florida man because almost every it was the ongoing joke that you know like in the UK Baz like when we used to have proper news um, at the end of the news you'd always have that heartwarming story about a squirrel that saved a badger using a yes. like, like in America it would be the story would start a Florida man and then it would be the most fucked up story you heard that night right 
And that is literally Florida is where the the the, the people started doing what was it bath salts and started eating people. Um, yeah. Florida has that. Was it? It's not stand your ground, but it is something like that. That rule where basically you can just shit a cunt um, and get is it not. Ah, uh, is it not the one about if they're in your garden? So basically, they were shooting people and then oh, dragging them up the street. Aye, in another garden to get off with. And yep, you all saw him. He was in my garden. Yep, he was in your garden. Gay hair's crazy brother Jerry from Grenada lives in Florida. <laughs> it's it terrifying. I've been to Florida as well. I, was, I went to Disneyland when I was younger. And um, I saw, obviously, the fucking Tipex teeth version of of Florida you know the very like everyone's smiling everyone is so happy to see you um, and all the rest and apparently that's maybe the normal place and then everywhere else is there is a reason that like Florida is twinned with with Norway when it comes to black metal <laughs> like, yeah. see there's well I'm, I'm going to have to pull you up there. It was the Florida death metal scene, but I know where you're coming from. Do you have a black metal scene as well, Baz? <laughs> Not just death metal, there's black metal there as well. I th- de- death metal's what it's famous for. I, I did not say that it was their most famous commodity, Barry. Alright. <laughs> Easy. Anyway. Uh, I, I think Florida's problem, right, here, here we go. Oh, fuck's sake, bold uh, statement is, coming out right now. This is weird. See, Joe Biden should be on the phone to me. <laughs> I could put him right with a few of these fucking swing states. <laughs> Florida's problem is... You just took a big drink there, so I'm, oh, I'm steadying yeah. myself in for this. Florida is further south than the states that are classically regarded as the South, mm-hmm. right? But because back when the South was the South in capital letters, mm-hmm. Florida was basically just a swamp, right? So they should have been the most Southern state, but they weren't because they were basically just a decaying fucking pile of crocodile shit. Then folk decided that this was where they wanted to go on holiday and slash or go to die. Retire, yeah. Yeah, so it then became a bit more of a kind of state and they thought that we're we're further south than the south so we need to be more southern than fucking mental. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's sad. Mm, so yeah. that's my theory. Plus you'd get the Cubans. I was a bit... I, I, I... You were kind of towing a, a good line there, and then right at the end, right at the end. <laughs> so anyway, oh. he's in, he's he, he's been arrested. He's in he's in a, he's in a bit of trouble. He's fucked off the the, the sheriff guy. The I'm sheriff. back when you knew. I'm back when you knew. You can stop filling for me. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So the new sheriff's absolutely mental. Suddenly, all these these guards burst in. And forcibly take his impressions of his teeth, mm-hmm. and they put in one of those like kind of mouth openers for want of a better term. It's like that game that what? was popular a couple of years ago when you put it in, you had to say a word, and they had to guess what word you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. In my head, Uh-oh. I had like my full cock and balls <laughs> in his mouth by this point. 
That's what would have happened if, if I had been one of those guards. Honestly, I'd have teabagged him to death. <laughs> Absolutely, till he was dead. I think you'll find that the cause of death was uh, a asphyxiation on a bollock. Yeah. Um, it got caught right in there, uh, and you know, it just got lodged in the yeah. suction. <laughs> You're just not going to pass an opportunity to let that up. I'm sorry. I don't care what you say, Zach Efron. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they basically forcibly take impressions of his teeth, which becomes very important later on. Mm-hmm. Although, again, it's underplayed a little bit. It does get mentioned in the film, but not to the extent that, of the impact it actually had in real life. Yeah. Uh, and, and while they are uh, missing the chance to orally rape him, uh, they're playing the Four Horsemen by Metallica, mm-hmm. which is ironic, given Hetfield's complete absence from the scene. <laughs> Maybe two on the nose if he'd been in it. Still, could I had one of those like surreal scenes where the camera pans round and Hetfield's like like sifting through the sifting through the evidence, and then he actually turns up and starts singing the song right at the camera. You're like, what the fuck am I watching? Or it just pans round and Hetfield like fingering Lars Ulrich's wife. Or something like that, just in the background there. This will teach you to stand up after every song. Nah. Holy shit. <laughs> fucking hell, absolutely. Anyway. We're really getting to the bottom of our fucking hatred of random celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> the indictment gets carried out by the sheriff. So this is about you are talking about. Yeah. Um, the indictment's read out by the sheriff with Ted in front of a press... Core, basically. Yeah, why? Um, why would you do this? Why? Like, like yeah, because uh, the sheriff is crazy, and he, he's almost as fame obsessed as Ted is, kind yeah. of thing. Um, there, there's a whole real yin and yang thing going on with this particular sheriff and Ted. They, they are like two sides of the same coin, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is one of these scenes <clears throat> that's recreated almost exactly from the actual. Because obviously this was all been filmed by the press at the time, so we have the actual footage of yeah. the, the event taking place. And Efron again uh, is very good in his recreation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, could you, if you, this is the bit that breaks my brain, right? Yeah. Like taking Efron at the equation, you've seen the footage. Yes. Right? If you had murdered thirty odd women violently, yeah. like. Could you put on a performance like this in front of cameras and all the rest? It's the well, bit that my brain can't handle. It's the bit that always breaks when I think about Ted Bundy. It's like BTK exacts, you know, acts exactly how I imagine BTK would act, mm-hmm. like from the crimes. Exactly how I imagine it. Like Jeffrey Dahmer, like acts exactly when you hear him talk. That's exactly how I imagine Jeffrey Dahmer to be from the actions of his crimes. Ted Bundy, it doesn't make the ferocity of the crime doesn't match up with the, you know, the facade that he puts on. It's so fucking weird. I, like I can't, I can see, see why at the time women flocked. I'm not just saying that because of his looks. They were like morbidly fascinated because that he is he's a very charismatic person. He's a force of nature. Yeah, I. I'm going to talk about this. I was going to bring this up at the end, but I'm frightened that because I've so much to drink, I forget. <laughs> it, it's painfully obvious that Bundy was a narcissist, mm. right? But I, from personal experience, I 
He's clearly suffering from narcissistic personality disorder. Yep. Um, and I have had <laughs> the psychiatrist at my work that I'm pretty sure suffers from it. But I, I have had the misfortune of coming across two or three people in my life who I would classify as, as suffering from that mm-hmm. particular disorder. And that I, I don't just mean somebody that's vain and thinks they're great. They, they genuinely think that they're on a different plane and they they are incapable of believing that they are bad or wrong in any way. They know what they have done, yeah. but because it is them that has done it, it's not bad because they are not bad. And, and I had a lot of experience of this. You... They pass off their lies by believing it themselves. Mm-hmm. So when they are saying what they are saying, they fully believe that that is the truth. That is exactly what happened. Even though, you know, in their mind, there's a part of their mind knows exactly what they did. Yeah. But the only way that they can get through it is to believe it themselves. And they do. They mm-hmm. fully believe it. And I have absolutely no doubt that when Ted Bundy was sitting there going, yeah, you know, that's all you're going to get, you know, because yeah. he he is going through it in his head. I am innocent. They are setting me up here. They are framing me. Other poor girls are going to die because the guy that did this is out there still doing it because they've got me in here thinking it's you know what I mean. It's the same as it's the same mind that jumps off a bed a hundred times to yeah. strengthen an ankle is like you have to fully invest and believe that you can achieve that thing in uh-huh. order to do it but just twisted and uh like I think if they'd slapped a polygraph on him he would have passed it easy yeah. I don't yeah, think he would have blipped at all because I, I think he totally is of the you know in his mind when he's saying that there's someone out there doing all those killings yeah, yeah, and this sheriff like it's a weird it's a weird thing because you just never this I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this ever where just like a, a, you know I suspect in multiple murder one of the worst crimes you know in Florida history is just allowed to chat <laughs> to press mm, yeah totally do you think here's an interesting one for you and I hadn't even considered this before this conversation do you think Tommy Lee Jones's character in Natural Born Killers could be took anything from this guy because Could be. you know what I mean it, it, it's that you're a prison warden or you're a sheriff or whatever but you, you really desperately want to be seen as America's guardian angel yeah, America's sheriff keep, keeping the scum away you know yeah. what I mean it um, wouldn't it wouldn't fucking surprise me like that I think that's I think that was maybe the thing that if you look at what Oliver Stone is doing in that movie as a mechanism to almost shame America's fascination um in media specifically uh-huh. in news of um you know multiple murders serial murders or whatever um and this particular Incident is the catalyst for a lot of that, in that this becomes the first televised court case. Yeah. Then yes, a hundred percent yes. 
has to be. Had to, if he li- if he says he doesn't, he's a fucking liar. So yeah, and of course the one guy, the guy that sides with him, Driver, he looks like a fucking movie star as well. <laughs> doesn't help. Do you know what I mean? It totally doesn't help. Of course, yeah, it doesn't. If, it, if it had been anybody else, you know yeah. what I mean. If it had been Ramirez or somebody like that, or you know any of these ones, mm-hmm. uh, that fucking pervert that had them all locked up in this basement. Do you know if it had been oh, any yeah. of them, it wouldn't have had the same impact that it's Ted fucking Bundy. And he, he was. Gorgeous to look at, do you know what I mean? And as you say, that hypnotic almost magnetism, Bolt just became obsessed with it. Aye, so the the some of the clips and we're about to, about to get to that bit, but some of the clips of the women talking about how they go home and yeah. they're terrified to lock the door, but you know it's just so dreamy, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that breaks my brain to think of that. <laughs> like, totally, aye. totally. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have never once thought I would bang my Hindley. Just when Rosemary West? No. And I mean she was filthy. <laughs> but no, there's, there's a line you have to draw, don't you? Line you have to draw. <laughs> Kate McCann? Doesn't matter. Oh, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. you're gonna get me fucking destroyed. This is the curse. This is the Halloween curse. Here, podcast under the stairs, sued by McCann family. <laughs> Duncan offers up Baz as payment. Please take him. Yeah. He he's Baz, the one Baz that accepts his fate. <laughs> yeah, just like to, just to disappear one night and never be found. Um, but there we go. Allegedly, oh, not did Pump me full of sleeping drugs. Just lay me down. Um, no, they did that either. Never happened, allegedly. No. No. Liz has stopped answering Ted's phone calls. About time. So uh, he calls Carol Ann because she is obsessed with him. She still is, man. Um, and he, he obviously spins her his kind of twisted version of what's happening. This, you know, they need to pin this in someday. I'm just... A, Patsy here type idea, you know. And I was just thinking while you were telling me who the actress is as well, same year as this, she's also in Florida fighting for her life against massive CGI crocodiles. Eh? Crawl. Effie. Yes. She is the actress in Crawl. That's why I couldn't get my brain rimmed it. When you said that, I was like, that's because of the year, because it's the same actress. Same actress. Same actress. I'm looking up that. If I wasn't drunk, I'd be able to look it up now quite quickly. <laughs> it's going to take me a good 15 minutes or Don't so to doubt try me. and find her. Don't doubt me. She is the actress that is in Crawl, which is also set in Florida, which was also filmed in 2019. So, which I have seen. Yes, you I saw that. I remember her being. Yeah, she's the main actress. She's the one fighting off the, the crocodiles. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Do you? I remember the film. <laughs> you just don't remember the actress. It's just yeah. a, a fucking blank face. The blank face <laughs> with tits. That's all Baz remembers. <laughs> um, there's a sly wee joke at this point about him being more popular than Disney. Yeah. And I wondered if that was just a wee Zachy Efron dig there. Do you know what I mean? Uh, also, yeah, we're in yeah. Florida as well. You know, totally. Yeah. Um, Caroline offers to move to Florida to support him because that's what a normal person would do. <laughs> um, back at home, however, the fat laddie that sees dead people is putting the heavy moves on Liz. Yeah. 
Um, Heavy being he is, a, he is he is quite sleek at about how he's trying to get to your panties. He well, like giving her half a sandwich. I'm, a, I'm, I'm coming into your thinking. Yeah, he's I a think, f- yeah, he's, he's a, a wrong him. He's a creep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to watch yoga hoses. <laughs> is, is, he he in, is he yeah, in yoga? Oh, is he not play a Nazi? I didn't watch that movie. I refused to watch that movie because Tusk is shite. I really like Tusk. I'm desperate to see yoga hoses. It's quite hard to get in this country, though. Uh, and I'm hearing that Moose Jaws has been shit-canned. I mean, I am gutted. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hang out there for a little while. Moose Jaws. Fuck Kevin Smith, man. It's me Ted, meets his, Ted meets his new lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's announced him that his trial is going to basically be the first televised trial, which of course you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he's told also that there is a deal on the table uh, for sort of life in prison rather than the electric chair. <laughs> um, and Ted, like point blank, refuses. Like to the point he gets angry about it. Which and is this really again, your theory? Definitely, this totally ties into the narcissist yeah. uh, theory. Do you know what I mean? He can't possibly be seen. He would almost rather die than have people think that he did this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I say, it just kind of backs up everything I've been saying. Um, Caroline then reveals that when he met her, when he was looking for the dog with Liz, that she'd actually gone there to see him. It wasn't a coincidence type thing. This is just fucking because she's basically she's totally fucking mental. Creepy. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Cooper from TV's Big Bang Theory is lead prosecutor in he's Florida. Fucking great in this man. Honestly, he's he is really good in it, and I really love Jim Parsons. I do. Mm. I, I just felt he needed to put something on it to. Just, it's terrible. He's, he's just his typecast as Sheldon. He always fucking will be. Yeah, I don't but, see the but, thing is I don't know what the to lawyer put was like. On that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know he if he the... needed to put something on it just to distance himself from the character. Yeah, I... in my mind, I don't know if he's casting this because his personality, as his acting style, personality, and frame yeah. and stature fits this because it's so. Like I've never seen the real court footage, so I don't know what the lawyer's like, but. I get the feeling that he was probably picked for that reason. Like Possibly. when when you see the judges and then you see the the delivery almost side by side, that works really well as well. Yeah. So I get the feeling that maybe from a reconstruction point of view, that's a deliberate bit of casting. But I remember when he was announced as being in this movie, and I was like, oh well, this is going to be a shit show. Um, mm-hmm. just because I'm like you he's Sheldon he always will be Sheldon mm-hmm. and he is really good in this one but very much like Jim Carrey has struggled in the past to maybe distance the comedic elements mm-hmm. that fall him and he's done some great serious drama roles um, yeah. you know I, I, I remember I went to see that fucking the number 23 which was his thriller horror movie I think yeah, at, one, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, at one point his eyebrow raised and I about pissed myself and it's not a funny scene 
but you know, I just think mm. like, he raises his eyebrow, and all of a sudden, I'm like, alrighty then, you know, like that's me away. <laughs> and it's the same in here. I think he says one or two things, and he pulls a particular. There's a mannerism or something. I'm like, oh, it's a Sheldon mannerism. And it's a shame that you've got that, but he is really I good. I think it's the bit, it's the hand and the hip with the jacket behind it. Yes, very much so. Yeah. In addition to Sheldon Cooper, the the court is full of wee birds that mad for the evil D. <laughs> That's a direct quote from my notes. They are just mad for the evil dick. The the extremely wicked, shockingly vile, and uh, evil and vile D. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's it. That's it. That shocking for it. John Malkovich is the judge. Fucking brilliant. I love. Um, I unabashedly love John Malkovich in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even joking. He, he's he is one. He is one of only two reasons to watch Conair. Another being Nicolas Cage, um, but that they're the only two reasons you should watch Conair. He's fucking amazing. He, he tries to kill a president, and Clint Eastwood stops him. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you. He's amazing. I, I, I don't mind John Malkovich. He's all right. Ah, you don't. Yeah, tell him about Sean. He's very friendly to Ted initially, <laughs> uh, and I've written here. And I think I some more I wrote to myself with this. So this is the trial for the sorority house attacks. Yeah. Yeah, this is the big one. Uh, Liz is... Uh, she's at home watching uh, the whole thing on the TV. Just full of vodka and what I can only imagine is quite a chubby but short penis. Um, Ghost dick. Ghost dick, a movie coming for you, 2021. I would not be surprised if he had a micro penis. He, he might, he might. Possible. <laughs> uh, during Sheldon's opening remarks, he, he lists in detail the injuries suffered by the, the I think was there about five victims or something? Yeah, in he, he, yeah all in one night and he just went in. Um, just tried to go and it was a lot. It's absolutely horrific mm-hmm. when you hear it detailed like that. Um it's the one where it's, there's uh, two... It reminded me of the scene in Zodiac where they, they, they rhyme off the various circumstantial evidence against Arthur Real. Yeah. <laughs> put him in jail! <laughs> right the second! <laughs> That's citizen's arrest! Um, <laughs> like, there's there's two specific details that, like, twist my stomach when they're mentioned. One of them is the... Oh, nipple. Not even the nipple bite, like, and it is quite. When I think about it now, like, I don't know. I'm desensitized after watching the history Jack built again. That's on nipple, like, just rip right off. Um, yeah. And now I'm fine with. It. Uh, but and this, like, and the description. The first one is the it's the the pantyhose that are used to as a garrote, and oh, he and basically the describes it. Of a neck. Yeah, to half the size it should have been. Mm-hmm. And the force that that just blows that my mind. Yep. Yeah. And then the second one is the uh, they can't tell whether or not the cause of death was the asphyxiation or the baseball-sized hole left in mm. her skull, which yeah. is fucking terrifying. Yeah. And I think that once again, that that's the thing that I, I struggle to. It's the it's the juxtaposition of the kind of cocky brash. Ted yeah. and the, the man that would have the strength and the f- virility, is that a word? 
Um, ferocity. Ferocity. I was trying to say feral, and I was trying to the act of being feral, mm. and I can't think of it. It's probably just being feral. Um, to to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I tell you exactly. It's funny you mentioned that that particular bit about the hole in the head. What <laughs> immediately came to my head there was he attacked them with a log that yep. he found outside. Yeah. You know, like in a, a wood pile or something like that. Now. All I could think about was if it had been a baseball bat or a hammer, they have a handle yep. that you can get a right good grip on. Fits your hand. So all of the force is directed into the blow. A fucking log. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's probably too thick. You know, it could have had a million things. So to then transfer all of the force into the blow... It's just going to be a hundred times harder than it would be had you brought along an implement of your own. Yeah. Or, or, or since, you know what I mean? And it's like, how the fuck do you do that damage with something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's, Unbelievable. It's, it's, and that, once again, like that's, this is maybe the, the, the bit that, I, I, I'm, I don't know how much we'll go into at the end, but these are the bits where I'm like, I don't need to see that on the screen to be utterly yeah. shocked and horrified by it. Like I think they do it quite well here, just by giving you the you know blow by blow account, so to speak, yeah. um, of the things because it is just when you see and they don't show you the dead bodies. The people in the court would have seen the dead bodies. No, yeah. instead, what they show you is this is the implement that was used. Mm-hmm. You know, here is the log that was used, and that, like you see, you then start to logistically try and work out that in your brain, and it's fucking traumatizing. Yeah, totally, absolutely. And the one bit we've not mentioned is the bites. Um, because they become important later on. As they like you, you're right. They do gloss. I mean, that is ultimately why it was why it went down. Yeah, because didn't leave didn't leave DNA or anything else there. It was purely the the reason he went down was they managed to link correctly bites. Um, yeah. which can't be and the, the guy's right when he says it. It's, it's a kind of funny scene, but it shouldn't be funny. Like it can't be replicated. Your teeth are unique. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, totally. Yeah. And again, that bit weirded me out. Like, you took the time to bite her on her arse. It's just, yeah, the mania. It's the mania. Oh, fucking weird. Weird. Um, Round about this point as well, we see Carol has started kind of evangelising for Ted to the media, if you like. Um, But again, it's all controlled by Ted. He is essentially telling her Mm -hmm. what to go and say. Um, you know, no, don't say it like that. Um, because they'll just make you to be some crazed, obsessed stalker putting it across like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the, tr- the trial starts in earnest. Um, there is a bit where you see Ted overruling his lawyer, yeah. In he fairness, wants- I was shouting objection, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> he wants the lawyer to object to part of the testimony lawyer doesn't do it, Ted then stands up and objects everybody's a bit taken aback but he then puts forward his objection and it gets sustained it's a fucking logical reasonable, reasonable and rational rational objection it's hearsay and conjecture to sit there and say this guy's confessed to me if there's no fucking recorded evidence of it uh-huh, uh-huh. sorry <laughs> he the still did all the murders and he's a bad man but <laughs> <laughs> Sheldon's completely stunned 
Ted Lawyer is absolutely raging. Uh, I've just written here that I imagine Ted is fully erect. <laughs> yep, he's fully erect, and um, Big Malco is as well. He's smug AF. Yeah. It gets upheld, kind of hanging, it's that, and he sits back and I tell you, you object, you object, and all this kind of thing. And that this is probably one of the worst things that could have happened to Ted because this just feeds his ego. Yeah, because he's smarter. Yeah. He's smarter than everyone else here. Yeah, nice. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, back in jail, however, he's still trying to call Liz behind Carol's back. Yeah. Uh, Liz is just kicking back with a body. Um, <laughs> she's just kicking back, watching the trial. Uh, she kind of smiles when she sees Ted. We did people as fucking raging. Of course he is. He's been he's been playing the long game here, Baz, and then fucking like how how <laughs> how shitty must you feel about yourself and your sexual prowess if you've wooed this damaged woman and you're in, and then her potential multiple murderer husband appears on TV and she gets a wee glint in her eye, you know, we get moist in the pants. I mean, you're like. He must just blast the mic the penis into. <laughs> That's what this is all about. So I've written here, deep people is raging. She's probably quite wet. Again, actual quote from my notes. <laughs> uh, his, his lawyers then wheel in his mother into his cell to try and talk some sense into him. Like they're all wanting him to plead. Yeah. Uh, he refuses. Which is true. Um, I mean, that's a fact that they got right. He did not confess to his mother until I think it was the day before he was executed. He right. finally admitted to his mother that he'd done the killings. But up until that point, um, he was innocent. His, uh, you know, right to her face, and she believed him right yeah. to the very end as yeah, well, yeah. which is tragic. Yeah, tragic, but you can kind of understand, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, he agrees to consider it. Uh, he then rips into Carol for kind of facilitating this whole thing, but she's just scared that he's going to be put to death, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so that he then stands up in court, but instead of taking the plea, which is what everybody thinks he is doing, he then basically fires his lawyers. <laughs> um, although his lawyer then quits, kind of thing. Lawyers amazing, and <laughs> um, aye, yes, good. And then Ted takes over. Um, we then get to the bit where the prosecution showed that the bite marks matching Ted's teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, this bit's quite good. Ted tries to discredit the expert at this point, so the, like the dental expert or whatever it is, um, and the crowd fucking love it. Yep. But he gets he gets completely shot down on it. Yeah, but he just he walks away thinking he's the tits. Yeah, he's he's won over the crowd, but he's not winning over the. Judy. Yeah, yeah, and it's almost like that's all he cares about. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, he then phones Liz again, but deep people answers, <laughs> um, and he doesn't pass on the message because he's a sleek at tiny cock wee prick. <laughs> I'm but so you, happy. You, you so, really turned me around in him, by the way. I'm so happy. This is the, like this whole series has been worth this one moment. And <laughs> <laughs> so this whole film. Was completely worth it for this next one moment because Ted pays off a guy who fucks Carol against a Coca Cola bending machine. Mm-hmm. Goes to town on her as well. Yep. Uh, but after it, he can't even look her in the eye. Uh, she realised he's still in love with Liz. 
Ted and hats off to him here manages to manipulate her into marrying him I love this like in a way where I shouldn't love this because not only is it manipulating and marrying but he he he's done enough research to work out that there is a loophole in Florida law yeah yeah but that's that's by the by I mean his spaff is still running down her thigh at the point where she looks at him and goes, "Oh my God, you're still in love with your ex-husband, uh, your ex-wife, mm-hmm. or not even ex-wife, but like ex-partner," and within minutes, she's agreed to marry him. But he did, he's done uh, godlike with, genius. He, but he's done this before. Eric this... Clapton <laughs> is not God. He's <laughs> Robbie Fowler <laughs> is not God. Ted Bundy might be. But he's. This is the this is what I was talking about. Patterns. He did exactly the same before with Liz. He proposed marriage to Liz when it looked like he'd been basically rumbled on lying about a particular part of the case they proposed her. And he's doing the same here. Like his, it's all a facade. It's like as soon as she calls him out on something, it's right. Well, I'll just propose marriage, and she'll go with it. And yeah. then she, in a conversation, in this like when they're leaving the cell just before he fires his lawyer, it's the same pipe dream, you know that house that you said we were going to get with the dog down at the river. Like it's the same thing. It's, yeah. Like this is it's his fucking weird warped image of what he thinks. It's it's the grand gesture. Yeah, it's, now, it's, I think my it's pal what... Gay here. My pal Gay here is a past master at the grand gesture. My pal Gay here. <laughs> Get caught knocking about behind his girlfriend's back. Now, this is not, not his lovely wife. <laughs> this was back in the day. He got caught knocking about behind his girlfriend's back. <laughs> he, was, he was in a, in the pub. The girl that he was knocking about with was at the other end of the bar. His girlfriend walks in. He watches her go up to the other girl. There is a conflab between the two of them. The other girl... Drops her head and nods forlornly. <laughs> His girlfriend storms up, scalps him across the face. Do you know what he did to get out of that? He moved in with a girlfriend <laughs> and applied to join the prison service. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> he was then six years in a job that he hated. Fuck's sake. And, uh, and, yeah, and basically fucking living with a girlfriend. <laughs> Still didn't work out. Yeah, anyway. I think it's what he thinks makes him a three-dimensional person. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the two-dimensional person he actually is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Shallow as a paddling pool, Baz. During the trial, then, uh, he puts Carol in the stand, uh, and this is to try and disprove the tooth chip evidence, which is like the key factor in the bite mark thing. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like that. Did I have this chip in my tooth when I met you? No, absolutely not. Well, there we have it. Yep. <laughs> you know, how, how could it possibly have matched up? I mean, that is literally... Well, he says, he says to the judge uh, uh, that the court should get every photograph taken of me that's in the press between this time period and this time period. And this tickles Malkovich. He's like, I'll just let you know. He tells go and get fucked. He's, Which he's, is really the first time he's like, "No, fuck off." Yeah, but he, he does. You, but you're acting like a dick now. He, he, but he does, there is a there is a kind of roguish thing going on between because he does it. He says, "You know, the the court's not going to do that," and you know, 
quite frankly, we've entertained enough of these. But he's never yeah. at any point, like, if you, like, you've seen, hey, listen, I've seen My Cousin Vinny. Mm. I know how brutal a judge can be when yeah. played by Herman Munster. Yeah. Uh, and Judd, Judd Crandall. Oh, get off the, the road! The Pet Cemetery. <laughs> That's right. I've seen that film. You have seen that film. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I've, I've, I've seen it, but, but he's... he's is that there's a he even wins over the judge, Baz. Yeah, kinda. It's fucking weird. Uh, he then uses this obscure Florida bylaw to propose to Carol in court, uh, which then means that they are legally married mm-hmm. because, as you say, there is this obscure law thing. Yeah. Uh, judge is raging, so is Sheldon, but there's fuck all that they can do. Interestingly, the deed people and Liz have a big fight over this. They have just written, she totally cucks the poor bastard, <laughs> but he won't give up on her. <laughs> uh, she then reveals that she was the one that gave his name to the cops years ago mm-hmm. after the Lake Sammamich abductions. So that's not necessarily the thing that triggered everything, but it. it it was one of the kind of main links in it. Yeah, put, put him on the radar. Yeah, yeah, put him on the radar yeah. for the police officers, which is kind of the initial start. So, Again, I, I've been aware of that, though. Obviously, that features very heavily in the, the documentaries and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so if you've seen any of them, uh, it's not a big surprise to you kind of thing that mm-hmm. that comes. Uh, but then move to the closing statements. Uh, Ted basically is just claiming that he's been railroaded by the cops. Uh, the verdict comes back in seven hours. Uh, a good sign. Before the well, he thinks it's a great sign because like, he's convinced that he's won. Yeah. Again, because it's him and that he couldn't possibly lose. He's lost be- every court. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing though. There's a pattern here. He's lost every single fucking court trial he's been in yet he thinks he's won this one yeah 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 yeah. Um, but again it's like I say it's the irrationality the whole thing he, yeah. he, he won't consider that he had lost those other ones mm-hmm. you know what I mean there's always an excuse as to what happened um, just before they go back in Carol tells him she's pregnant uh, he's, he's found guilty on every fucking charge and there's the brilliant facial change mm-hmm. Because it is, it's the smug. Yeah. Only took them seven hours. Only took them seven hours to realise I didn't do this. And he's standing there all triumphant and then it gradually comes in. And again, Efron is amazing. He's, yeah. His facial control in this scene is phenomenal. I, he looks around at the... It's once again, that juxtaposition where he looks at the, the jury. The jury are not the jubilant smiles and all the rest that he's been seeing yeah, behind yeah. him from the crowd uh, they, don't, they won't uh, even make eye contact with him which yeah uh, and they're all pure nodding yeah. <laughs> as, as they're going like can, on this yeah. charge guilty yep, and they're yep. all going yep yep totally guilty unanimous so yeah um, he can't he, he just can't believe it um, there's a scene of his mum testifying against the death penalty mm-hmm. so this is obviously for the sentencing it's to no avail Um and then the judge passes sentence, and during that, he uses the words that form the title of the film. Yeah. So that, that's the the famous bit. Um, 
he just continues kind of protesting his innocence at this whole point and then <laughs> there's the bit I think you mentioned earlier yeah when the judge he really kind of flatters his vanity by saying you know you're, a, you're an intelligent guy I would have loved to have seen you in this court as a lawyer you'd have been a great lawyer and all that which is just fucking fuel to the fire of Ted Bundy's mania. It's, Even the judge weird. thinks I'm amazing at this. Yeah. 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 Why weird. would you say that? I, yeah, do I, don't, I, mean? I don't know. I don't, That's I, like, well, Mr. West, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Tell you what, you were a hell of a builder. Yeah, like, I'll tell you right you now. You build a wall, sir. You, you murdered your children and put them under the ground, but I'll tell you, the patio you, the patio you built over the top of it, fucking stunning. Last... Goddamn immaculate. It's, it's such a strange... And it's. I think it, it, it... He was just that charming. I think he managed yeah. to charm over a judge who saw the potential in him, but is seeing all that off the back of calling him extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Yeah. I, that, I just can't get my head around that at all. Uh, but you're right. Mental. Oh, and it's yet, totally fucking mental. No, have you ever heard anything like that ever? Where no, that, that judge has said is, that. That's another one of these bits that's word for word what actually was said. Yeah, it's fucking... You know, that, that's the most stunning bit of the whole thing. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But... You know, it's, it it comes out of his mouth, and you're right. Even like, like a wee mini victory for Ted Bundy here, and I yeah, I, he shouldn't be having any victories at all. Um, he should be like this is the these are the bits and cases where the judge gets to surmise everything and pass verdict, pass sentence, and it's usually always you know these are the worst. You know, the, and somehow he still comes out guilty but smelling of roses I don't yeah. it's fucking weird it's mental absolutely mental um, Liz kind of kicks the booze at this point and gets her shit together um, still with that fucking me creep right enough <laughs> uh, we jump forward 10 years um, so Liz is doing really well at her work now uh, she's quite senior and everything mm-hmm. um, she receives a a letter from Ted. Um, he, he's still, whether it's himself he's trying to kid or whether it's still just this maintenance of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get out of this. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? I, I didn't do this. I will get out of this. Whether it's for him or the rest of the world, we're not too sure. Um, she goes to see him and this is the start. So this is the scenes that we saw briefly at the beginning of the film. This yeah. is this visit. Um, she wants the truth. She, wa- she wants him to tell her the truth kind of thing. Um, he kind of carries on maintaining his innocence. Um, she then says, it was me that gave the cops your name. Mm-hmm. Um, through his conversation with Liz at this point, you find that he's kind of feeding the prosecutors and lawyers and the cops and everything, little bits of information about some of the victims in order to buy himself more time. Which he did. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, She demands the truth. He still won't give it up at this point. And she then pulls out that file that she was given by the detective years previously. Mm -hmm. And one photograph from it and it's of one of the victims I don't think we know which one it is 
uh, but she's been decapitated. Yeah. Um, and her head is not there. So it's, it's just the, the body and the torso. Um, and she demands to know what happened to the head. This kind of goes backwards and forwards for a wee minute or two, and then I think she's getting ready to leave or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he starts to write on the condensation uh, in the, the glass pane between them, uh, and he writes the word hacksaw. Yeah. Um, which is quite shocking, actually. It, it, it's like the enormity of the situation for that facade to finally crack, like for him to actually go, yeah, it all was me. Yeah. And But again, it's almost like, it's almost made out like he did that to give her some relief. Yeah. Plus because he's a good fucking guy at the is... end of the day. And, you know what I mean? It's like what you say. Mm. Don't give him an out here. Yeah, it's the only it's the only time in this movie you actually see a death as well, because he he, he visualizes her death. Yes, and that's it's the right. o- it's the only death in the movie, and it's it has it's not a particular. Choose my words right. It's not a particularly vicious death. Right? No, he basically clubs her with a crowbar. Yeah, um, and then he's you, tricked her going up the car. He's got the cast in his arm, which yeah. is one of his emos. It's over that windows are out of the car, um, and then I think there's a bit where you, you see a glimpse of a, like a hacksaw. He, he lifts he lifts a hacksaw up, and but the the thing is the thing is though because the movie has shown you none of this already, it stands out at the end yes. because it is an actual scene of him killing someone. Um, and yeah, he writes that. Like even when you listen to those Ted Bundy tapes as well, he never vocally, loudly admitted to. Whenever he would admit to anything, he would kind of whisper it. You know, talk really low. It's almost as if he's still in denial himself about it. Yeah. Whisper it really low, and I don't say it very loud. Then I'm not admitting it to myself. And the fact he writes it there, he doesn't say the words. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say mm-hmm. the words. So, and his, I think he's all right with that. He gives her the closure that she needs. He actually writes probably what he did. But he hasn't actually admitted to anything. Uh-huh. He still hasn't admitted it to her. Um, and it's weird that that cat. Once again, I can't put myself in that mindset. But you know, the fact that she needs that to get the closure is it, it speaks to the psychology of people that are in love because she was in love mm. with him as well. That's the she's all she knows. She knows, but she needs to hear it from him. Yeah, it's interesting that this is going to make you sound out to be the biggest dickhead in the oh, world. Oh, do it, Baz, do it. It's... Yes, she loved the guy, but there was there are clear flaws in Liz's personality oh, yeah. that allowed her to be controlled and drawn to Ted in, in the way that she was. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, to the point that 10 years after... She's cut ties with him. She still can't possibly believe it until she hears it for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, she was definitely a very flawed character herself. Mm-hmm. Um, a victim in all of this, yeah. But one with her own flaws kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so... That whole bit with it writing the hacks on that is interspersed with these flashbacks, as you say, of him 
hitting this girl, uh, basically the, the one kill that you see. Uh, Liz flees the room and he quickly kind of wipes the word off before the cops come in. Um, we then get another one of these kind of flashback uh, kind of whole movie montages and there's a number of points that we've seen previously in the film mm-hmm. but it's almost done from the a different perspective and it's like her or him rather thinking about killing her mm-hmm. um, one of which is the torch underneath the covers bit that we spoke about earlier on He's, oh, I'm, I'm just reading notes but then you see as if he's looking at her back as to where to stab her or yeah. something like that. You know, there's a couple of bits like that. Uh, Liz leaves the jail into the arms of her family, which is the daughter and fucking me, deep folk. Um, we then get a sort of text come up on the screen at the end. Uh, he was executed in January the 29th, uh, 1989. Um before he was executed he admitted to 30 murders but experts believe it was still a lot more than that mm-hmm. um, and you get a little bit about fucking Liz and Carol um, and then the list of names of the known victims which as you say is quite jarring fills a whole screen um, and yeah. that's the, I think that's the bit where you're reading it you're just like you know it's... yeah um over the credits, we see uh, a lot of the original footage that the scenes were based on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the citation being read out with the sheriff, uh, the interview with Ted on TV, some of the court stuff, the bit with his mum, going on about the death sentence and stuff like that. Uh, all of that's there. Um, and then it finishes with footage from the outside of the prison. Uh, and I remember, I think it must have been from the documentaries because I'd seen that before. The, the kind of guys that were tailgating, having barbecues and all that. I think 2,000 people showed up for it. Yeah, yeah it was ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and that that's how the film, film finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not got that many notes at the end of it. it it's a very good film. Mm-hmm. A very good film. Um, I've written here as oddly paced. Uh, I think that uh, you will find it oddly paced on your first watch mm-hmm. because, as you say, it's not. It's probably not going to be the film that you think it's going to be. Yeah. But when you know the film that it is, and you watch it, you know, a second or a third time or whatever, the 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 things that annoy you about the pacing or annoyed me about the pacing. Uh, the, the, you don't get hung up on them mm-hmm. on the second or third time around kind of thing um, uh, the one thing it, I don't know if I agree with this anymore I've written here it's almost like parts of it were pieced together to fit in with certain scenes that they wanted to recreate right. which can feel a bit clumsy mm-hmm no, I, I don't disagree with that yet. There are some scenes that feel like they were shoehorned in a little bit because they wanted to recreate some of the scenes of that they had footage of. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, Efron is great in this film. 
genuinely great in this film, and in particular those scenes where he essentially has to recreate something which really happened and which we have video footage yeah. of. Yeah, he is phenomenal to be able to absorb that and put it back out again because you see it in kind of juxtaposition and and it's great. And I'm just like, you know, everyone's great, which I never thought would be <laughs> what I'd be saying at the end of this film. That, that's my that Michelle yeah. on my part, but he is, he's very, very good in this. And it, it's a phenomenal bit of casting for Ted Bundy. And Ted Bundy would have a fucking stoner knowing that that's who played him in the film. Oh, yeah, one of the biggest kind of heartthrobs of modern cinema, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, totally. I'm, I mean, I think... I, I mean, coming back to watch this the second time, I actually enjoyed it a lot more the second time than I did the first time. Um, I think you're right. I think a lot of that comes from... I've completely acclimated to what the movie is actually doing and not what I thought or wanted it to do. Yeah. Um, I think it's... It's like... It, it captures... It, it gets some details wrong. Um but it captures the stuff without glorifying see you can look at it from two points of view you can, you can look at it from the point of view that it doesn't glorify the deaths but then on some level as well it almost minimises the suffering by spending so much time with the charismatic Ted Bundy but then when yeah. you base it on who is writing the book uh, that is based on that's the Ted Bundy she knew so yeah, that yeah. makes sense to me to do that, and I think that's that's an appropriate thing for for the director to do. Yeah, I, I genuinely lean back on this. Zac Efron should have been nominated for an Oscar for his performance here. I think he is fucking brilliant. Like mm. a, across the board, is absolutely brilliant. That scene where he's face to face with the you know the judge, and he's basically. Um, saying you know I, I don't accept this court's judgment because the the sentence that you've handed out should is actually meant for someone else and what that is an incredibly powerful bit of acting like uh-huh. you could, I just just really fucking great performance and then like you see in the context of the side by side footage it's spot on he's 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 eerily like Ted Bundy in, in parts it's, I I think it's great um yeah I think it's I mean. It's a movie that I think is unfairly written, because that was the one thing I did before we started recording, it was what I was doing just as you were coming online, was I I jumped on and Rotten Tomatoes has, this is sitting about a 50% from critics, 56%, which is low. I mean, that that technically counts as being a rotten movie. Um, and I jumped in to see what the general consensus was to read some of the reviews and all, all of it comes down to that they think that um, as a movie it's not violent enough to merit its title which to oh. me means you don't understand where the titles come from even yeah. though it's mentioned in the fucking movie um, or you know it doesn't give you the, the, the murder which once again is not what this movie is about and if you want that there's a Bundy version out there which has plenty of death and it. it's fucking shite um, but also the, the idea that it's a movie that almost glamorises or sanitises is I think the word I read which I took most umbrage with sanitises the the acts that he carried out and I flat out disagree with that I, fl- mm-hmm. I couldn't be more vehemently disagree like you could easily have plenty of scenes where Zac Efron is choking chicks and smacking their heads yeah. with, with that and 
I don't necessarily think that does the same justice that, like I said, the the end of this movie showing the 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 footage outside the you know the the execution chamber and the names that come up there to me 100% ground in the fact that this guy was a fucking monster I don't need to see him do that and it's wait, that's coming from the horror fan it's coming from the gore whore you know what I mean that wants yeah, his death yeah. and wants his violence I don't need that in this movie and I think that is a bold and powerful choice for a director not to give you that um, mm. yeah I think it's a great I, I genuinely think it's a great movie uh, and I'm really glad that you picked it for this particular series because what I like about what we have in our picks because the last one we have coming up is a completely different entity altogether Um, (laughs) and there's a reason that when you were doing like the lists I said put Man Bites Dog at the end Mm -hmm. like as as movie number five and you see when you get to it's very much ahead of its time I think what this movie does is give great it's almost like an amalgamation of all the movies we've seen before it takes in part the you know the the kind of historical stuff from Zodiac. It takes the the kind of media and sensationalism from Natural Born Killers, but also doesn't necessarily downplay some of the more sadistic things through the acts that are described in this movie from uh, the House of Jack built. It's like a weird kind of uh, like Brundlefly amalgamation of the three, um, and it, it works. It works really, really, really well. Uh, this is a movie that I, you know, I, I uh, checked out illegally because um, I don't have a copy of it and I will be buying it. After watching it tonight, which I did just before we started recording, um, I will be buying this because I want it in my collection. I think, mm-hmm. I think I genuinely think it's a really, 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 really good movie. Yeah. 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 No, I've, I've got to agree. Um, I... I... I feel I actually got more out of the film for having seen the documentaries and, and listened yeah. to the podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Um, because I think you can you appreciate what has been put into the film. Yes. Um, I would wholeheartedly agree with your previous point in that you definitely get you get a better watch of this film second time round. Mm-hmm. Um you know, as you say, once you get where this film is pitched at, um, it's interesting. I had kind of forgotten. I think that this is based on the book written by or with Liz. Yeah. Um, and it does it does explain the 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 portrayal, the particular portrayal of him. Because mm-hmm. um, as you say, even at the very end his almost confession and and the, the kill it's still sympathetic to him yeah and yeah I, I don't quite think I had picked up on the fact that yeah because that's coming from her yeah so and it's, it's, it's her it's her view of him and I think yeah. in part of that as well is you know if she's writing that maybe she is I think there's a bit where you know she, she did clearly love him but there's also a part where you know, if you're writing that, this better be the most charming motherfucker that has ever lived on the planet for me not to have seen. Yeah, for me not to look an yeah, absolute yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so I think there's probably a, a kind of steroid-injected version of of his charm, but she clearly knew or she wouldn't have lifted that phone. There, yeah. there was something there. 
It was definitely something. Whether she could because fully I don't admit what you say, having seen the sketches and stuff like that and the documentaries, they don't look that like him. No, no, none of the none of the they composite sketches look like wildly him. generic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I totally, totally agree. Uh, you know what this brings me to? It brings me to asking you for a grade for this one. Mm-hmm. Baz, you know our scoring scale is one through five. One is hated it. Two is didn't like it. Three is liked it. Four is really liked it. Five is loved it. Point fives are allowed. What are you even extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile? Uh, a nice solid four. Boom. Nice Back solid four. A very, very good film that anybody can enjoy mm-hmm. um, my wife thought it was a great film mm-hmm. and my daughter who is a bit of kind of serial killer fascination kind of thing going on she loved it uh, yeah it's a, a, a really good film and fucking hats off to Big Zach nice what about uh, what about yourself um, I, I've come in slightly higher than you 4.5 had you asked me off the back of my first view and it was a four star movie Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. of the second view in a 4.5 and a lot of that is to do specifically with spe- you know the choices that the director's made but yeah like Zac Efron for me elevates this movie it, it's, it's got great casting all around but his performance in particular is is really fucking strong like really really yeah. really really strong um, it's one of those performances where I just want to see him do like serious roles from now on <laughs> yeah yeah put all that other push behind you and yeah yeah, do the McConaughey you thing. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You've done your, you've done all your like when you were a bit younger, you're a bit more heartthrobby, you did all that shit. Um and now you start showing the chops that you clearly always had, but mm-hmm. you, you maybe mm-hmm. didn't need to stretch as much in your youth. Um and yeah, I, totally. I do know that according to IMDB recent news is that he has been a cast to star in the Blumhouse's Firestarter remake. So All right. Firestarter Stephen King, uh, the original one starred Drew, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore way back in the yeah. day. Very young Drew Barrymore. I've never seen it, but I'm familiar. There's an image of Drew Barrymore with the fire behind her. That's alright. Um, it's not a great movie. She's good in it. I think it's, that was the first one she did after ET, was it not? It was indeed, yeah, yeah. So, like, she went straight into that. So, I mean, it's, it's an alright movie. It's not a great book, if I'm honest. Um, and Blumhouse are, are, are want to adapt it and we will see where that goes but he's he's been cast to be in it as well so I'll be interested to see what he brings to that because yeah he's fucking amazing in this so yeah. okie dokie right Baz we're going to take a very final break we have run this one long again every episode yeah. longer than the others <laughs> uh, when we come back we will be doing a short and concise close out the show and covering what your final movie will be we'll be doing that right after this You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to that podcast Under the Stairs. Ladies and gents, this has been Bazaween 2020, episode number four, the penultimate episode in the series looking at a little bit of action in the serial killer. Let's get serial series, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile Baz you have one more movie left to go it came out I want to say 1994 I've got that in my head I don't know where I got that from I'm sure it came out the same year as Natural Born Killers Will you like to tell the listeners what the final movie is uh, the 
film that we are wrapping up, uh, Basoine 2020, Let's Get Serial, is a little Belgian film, I believe I'm right in saying, uh, called Man Bites Dog. Yes, yes. Um, Actually, 1993 is when it came out. Um, It's a film I don't know a great deal about, mm -hmm. um, but when I saw it, and I, and I do think it was off a kind of list of serial killer films or something I pulled up to kind of scan through, and the premise kind of reminded me a little bit of Behind the Mask. Very Behind the Mask, yeah. And that's a good thing. Yes. So we will uh, see. I'm quite interested. It's the, I think of all of the films, well, possibly... I didn't really know much about the the house that Jack built, mm-hmm. um, but compared to certainly compared to my other picks, it's the one that I knew the least about. Um, so I'll be interested to see where this takes us. Even as of as of this recording, I've still not actually watched it yet. So it's all to come. It is a wonderfully short hour and a half as well. So. Oh, nice. nice! Nice to close it out. Yeah, this this is a yeah. I've seen it many, many, many times. I think it's fucking brilliant and way ahead of its time. Like way, way, way ahead of its time. Um, so we will see how the Baz fares in the final episode coming this time next week. Man bites dog. Um, generally, like I say, on most shows we would jump into where to check us out and all the rest. We don't do that on Bazoween episodes because they run long. So, uh, suffice to say, I will leave the floor to you. Would you like to say goodbye to our listeners, please, Baz? Uh, absolutely, sir. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that uh, show tonight, folks. Um, and I hope, if you haven't seen it, that you take the time to go and check out uh, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, even if it's just for a cheeky Zach Wank. <laughs> um, and uh, tune in next week for the last episode before we plough headlong into a ridiculous commentary no idea. Um, and I'm going to bed now so thank you everybody and I will speak to you all soon <laughs> well said, well said yeah. Cheeky Zach Wank is the name <laughs> of every wank I have now from now on <laughs> regardless whether Zach Efron is involved or not um, right, thank you for checking out this episode uh, it's been a slightly longer one, but I've genuinely fucking loved the conversation we've had tonight. Um, we will be back for the final episode in the series next week. But until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. Hey.